Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, they all together. Are you with me now? Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about jury duty for like, I'm going to say five minutes, but it might turn into a 30 minute conversation. Um, (laughs) So if anybody's ever had jury duty, which I know there are people out there like my dad included who... Like, used to want to get on a jury, and I never understood that. It seemed awful. And so I've done everything for the 40-some-odd years of my life to avoid, like, anything I knew that might get me into jury duty. Like, you know, feel free to hate on me. Registering to vote. (laughs) Like, I'm just like... (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't want my name in any system. So I'm just gonna avoid this. Um but uh last year I fi- finally got called for jury duty and I go in I it's funny because there's currently a show on Freebie that, that examines all yeah. this. I, I think I, I started watching, it looks interesting. I haven't been able to devote any time to it. But, you know, you go in and you, like, sit around this room forever until you finally get called. And so I get called for this. uh, It's actually a murder trial. Oh, Um, Jesus. Yeah. I don't know the details. So I can't, Mm -hmm. like, even if I could discuss them, I can't really. Some kind of drug deal gone bad thing. And I'm in the South, obviously, you can tell by the way I talk. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so, of course, there was this one old ass white guy who, like, they ask you all these questions, right? Like the lawyers ask you these questions and, you know, you have to stand up if you have either, like, if you, if certain situations apply to you or whatever and i swear to god this dude stood up every single time like do you know somebody that uh was heavily involved in drugs do you know somebody who was heavily involved in dealing drugs do you know somebody who was uh, killed by somebody that was heavily involved in drugs like this dude was like stood up and had a story for every question it was damn i I was just like oh my and it wasn't just a little story it was like me and you podcasting i was just like oh "Oh my god dude i'm gonna be here for like three days listening to this dude's bullshit so um they dismiss us uh like they only call certain people i get dismissed and like I, I asked one of the I was like, does that mean I'm like? She was like, yeah, yeah, you're not being selected. There's no more trials upcoming. So, like, you know, uh, I was there for two days, I think. Oh, damn. Um, and uh, so 
she was like, there, there's nothing else like for the, there's nothing on the docket or something for the rest of the week. So yeah. that means you're not going to be called. Um, okay. You'll get another notice, blah, 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 blah. It, you know, if you get picked for jury duty again. So I go home. The next day I wake up and I'm like, what? looking on like local Facebook news or whatever. Mm-hmm. The fucking, the lawyer for the the guy being tried for murder yeah. was arrested at the beginning of the trial. What? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. What? He got arrested? What the fuck did he get arrested for? Like, uh, uh, and uh, was is now being tried for disbarment because of his, uh, like, violations uh, in conducting his law practice or whatever he was arrested Wait. in the trial in the the like oh. the opening of the trial he was arrested damn yes i was like you know what I, I was so happy i didn't get picked but fuck that would have been amazing to watch seriously like actually got arrested in the court yes <laughs> Holy shit, dude, that is amazing. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, it's, it's terrible for, like, everybody that's involved with it, and if he is truly innocent, but sounds like he's not, um, wow, dude, that's uh, yeah, fucking like, nuts. It, it was, the charges, I, I, I don't remember what they were, because this was, God, nine months ago, um, mm-hmm. but, like, it was definitely, like, I don't want to say jury tampering, or not jury tampering, witness tampering, but it was, like, stuff like that, where it's just, like, oh, shit, like, you're interviewing witnesses, or, or like, uh, uh, what is it, like, uh, fall, getting them to, like, false testimony, like, coaching yes. them, like, yes, shit exactly. like that, and I was just, Ooh. like, oh, my God, man, like, I, I felt like I dodged a bullet, because, like, a murder trial could, I mean, shit like that could go on forever. And, but yeah. I was just like, I mean, everything, it, of course, the whole thing's a mistrial because, and yeah. the defendant, it, there were two. They have to get a new lawyer. And it was like, I need to follow up on it, but I don't remember the dude's name. But I mean, I'm sure I could find it. But so, so I'm guessing that wasn't quite your experience when you get called to jury. Today. No, no, but Jesus Christ, that's crazy, dude. Man, <laughs> you think you think that you were in Florida or some shit, man? Yeah, you're not in Florida. You're in Georgia. I mean, um, it's close. And, and not <laughs> even, uh, but I mean, you know, you're not on the Florida Georgia line. I mean, no. let's be honest here. You're nowhere close to it. Yeah, um, I'm a good two two and a half hours from uh, the Florida line. Uh, um, speaking of uh, speaking of which, like Florida, like I really do want to watch that, that stupid Florida Man show um, that's yes. on Netflix. Yes, <laughs> um, that fucking place is crazy. Um, like even like like nothing of like wow, but I mean like that's like a Florida story. Like it's literally a Florida story. Um, yeah, my my jury duty was not as uh, was not as eventful. Uh, but needless to say, I am. Uh, I have to go back in three months to uh, go ahead and try this all again because I can't afford because my my company doesn't pay for it. There are some companies that pay for it. Um, city employees and state like 
city state like all government employees this is a this is a fun fact when you're when you're a government employee uh when you're a government government employee the government gives you unlimited so most of the time when you're on a like when you have like like if you have a jury trial and it's something like a murder trial most of them are civil servants most of them are people that work for for the government because they're the only people that pay unlimited amount um and you don't want i mean like the last thing like uh uh a friend of the show scott phillips is also a lawyer but he's a divorce lawyer but occasionally it does go to trial uh trial court um and he says like the thing the, the thing like you know he used to work like criminal cases and stuff and he was like yeah like you know it's like the worst thing you want is a juror who's bitter because they're going to lose their their they, they're not going to lose their job but they're going to just basically not get paid yeah. he's like but you know uh, it all it also all depends on the judges the judges dictate everything in a in a court trial and it was very apparent like you know my my judge was nice but like you know she didn't like you know she like you know when i told her like i couldn't do it i had to explain everything like to to complete strangers like you know financial like details and stuff so that she knew that i was telling the truth and that was kind of weird like i will be honest with you i am not used to speaking about my finances with anybody but my my wife um you know and so to have complete honesty with somebody and say, yeah, I make X number of dollars and my 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 total like our total income is this um, our total amount of bills is this. But we had X number of dollars spent this year at the first quarter because of this, this, this and this. Like it was wild, dude. And it's like we had savings, but our savings went away because X number of dollars were spent and X number of dollars was in the savings. And I mean do all this because i feel like you're kind of invading privacy right at that point you're like yeah. you're putting in somebody on this it in front of people that don't even fucking know you and that's the crazy part it's like that's what kind of like was like threw me for a loop because i got these like it was a it was four lawyers um and three uh three people that were involved in this civil case and they're all just staring at me man along with all the court workers with, with like me looking at the judge i'm like i'm trying to concentrate on the judge you know to give all this information out and it's just wild that you have to kind of bear your like i could tell that they could tell that i was honest because i was super uncomfortable with it all and then like i yeah. was skipping over words and i'm like i'm sorry your honor i'm just not used to speaking about this stuff in public i'm like this is these are private matters between me and my wife and so like to put this out in public is kind of and she goes no no uh, she's like, Mr. Cancer, I totally get it. She's like, you know, we're not used to speaking about these things. You know, most people are not used to being open books about like these kinds of things with the kind of honesty that you're bringing. We appreciate that. Um, I can delay your stuff, but I, I, I cannot say that you're completed. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, any trial beyond two days, a court, a two day court trial is something that I'm not going to be able to do. Right. Yeah. Because my, you know, but anyways, the continue. Yeah, I did see like it was. It made me so mad when I saw, like, because, like, I was sitting there in the courtroom, and I guess my phone, you know, you know, like, you know how, like, all our phones, they listen to us, regardless of what you want to think, you want to bury your head in the sand, your phone listens to you, and they give you ads directed at whatever you're saying. And so, like, I've been talking about this fucking jury duty thing for months, I guess, enough to where when I fucking sat down in the L.A. court, like, in the jury room. And I just was scrolling, I was just scrolling and like trying to forget that I'm here in this place with a bunch of strangers, like literally 150 strangers. 
and me and like maybe 20 other people are wearing masks <clears throat> in this like compact room right it's a big room but i mean like literally i had like the the seats were set up so that like i literally had one person around me on all sides um but anyway i i i go through and i'm starting to scroll and what comes up but that stupid james marsden jury duty thing and i'm like this is like the panic third ring of hell i don't need to see this this is like me like getting targeted by netflix is like what would you like because i just watched the burbs during this whole like calamity with my house and they fucking suggested the money pit i'm like <laughs> are you sons of bitches kidding me i'm like i'm like i i i just barely saw the trailer and it started to give me hives dude because why because my fucking house is falling apart and like i literally felt like tom Cru uh, tom hanks in that movie when he goes down the hole and he starts laughing and he's just like throwing that yeah. uh, the paper air the money airplanes that's me dude that was me for three months this year for the first three months of the year so it was just like man targeted ads suck sometimes dude they really suck like no reference i'm like jesus read the room but um, yeah, it's all to say I have to do this back in. Uh, I have to do this at the end of June, all that, over again. Nice that little... sucks, man. Um, yeah. Have you have you watched the trailer for Jerry Duty with James Marston? Yes, I have, and it's kind of like now that I'm through it, I actually looked at it because I was like, "Fucking James Marston? Are you kidding me? I gotta see this now." So it looks pretty funny, dude. <laughs> I watched most of the first episode. Um, okay. It's. It's an interesting premise. So, I, I mean, I guess as far as for the premise of jury duty. Um, so it's it's a reality show. It's it's mm -hmm. a fake show. One guy thinks he's on he's being called for jury duty. The judge, yeah. the trial, the lawyers, every other person in the room is an actor. James Marsden's the only notable actor, and he is playing a trumped-up version of James Marsden, like just a dickhead oh, version. So, yes, yes. So this one guy, but here's the thing: everybody else, you can tell they're improvisational. Like they they come yeah. from that background. They never break character. The whole show is filmed like it, it might as well be The Office. Or something like that, because they do these like little side, like office style interviews with these people. They do not break character. They stay in it the whole time. Oh, wow. And so it's like a show within a show within a show. Because like you're really mm -hmm. watching it for this, this one real guy's kind of like reaction to everything. Because um, all the, char the characters are pretty crazy and out there um and uh james marson like i said is playing a like a, i mean he's a fairly notable nice guy and he's playing yes. he's not playing a mean person but he is playing like playing up the like typical douchey hollywood celeb thing um okay but it's it, like towards the beginning of the first episode like he comes in he sits down like he's got a hat on. He's like pulled it real low. And uh, one of the other improvisers walks up and was like, I'm so sorry. Can I take a picture with you? 
and he's like he comes in he sits next to the real guy because that's the the whole thing is to like pull this guy in and um so uh this lady asked to take a picture with james marston and she asked the the real guy she's like can you take our picture so he does it and he's the lady leaves and he goes the real guy goes oh shit i thought i recognized you i couldn't think of from where you're the guy from x-men right and he's like yeah james marsden and you know he kind of introduces himself and uh the the guy keeps talking about x-men he's like yeah i've done a lot of stuff i was in this i was in the i was in sonic he was like oh shit you're in sonic the hedgehog the one with jim carrey he's like yeah and the guy goes i heard that wasn't very good <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, that's funny, dude. Oh man. Um, oh, I, I heard that wasn't. I mean, it's, oh, it's not very good, but it's a kids' movie, so it's it's kind yeah. of like. Eh. But uh, James Marsden's fine in it. But um, most of the, what I saw of the first episode is so they they get dismissed for lunch, and a bunch of people have been excused for like ridiculous reasons this one lady stands up and she's like judge i like i feel like i need to be excused because like this is not really my thing and the judge is like okay well we don't want you here if it's not really your thing <laughs> and it's like no 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 that would never happen um they'd no, be like oh uh, the judge would be like oh well i'm making you stay now um yeah but uh they might james, even hold you contempt in court <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh james marston keeps running all these scenarios by the the real dude um about how he can get excused he's like what if i tell him this what if i tell him that like surely he understands like i'm a huge celebrity like i i shouldn't be held to the same standard that everybody else is here right <laughs> you know it's like he's just playing it, playing it up big time um it seemed really really interesting i think there's only like eight or 10 episodes um it's just i was like i can't devote the time to this right now so i'm gonna just i stopped about maybe halfway through the first episode maybe a little bit more i was like i'm gonna have to come back to this and uh the guys on the film cast uh talked about it a little bit and were just raving about how funny it was so okay okay uh, all right it, it might be something, especially in, in a few months when you wind up back in jury duty, you can visit and just be like, yes, I understand this now. <laughs> kind of like watching Office Space after you've worked in an office and been like, yes, this is very funny and accurate. <laughs> yes, um, Office Space or The Office. Like, um, though, okay, so like, like <laughs> that brings up a point. Like, when you watch Office Space and you watch The Office, like, doesn't it ever feel like the snake is eating its own tail? Like, people are purposely like this now because of them watching and the expectations of an office uh, that they're like yeah. this. Like, like, um, like, I love the fact that I work from home because, like, you know, office politics have kind of evolved and changed and you just don't have to listen. You just can just turn off the teams or turn off the chat and just not listen to the stupid, the garbage that people swirl into. Um, 
I mean, we we have like like you know uh, we have a lot of people that like we choose like like my company like if you're 50 miles outside state of California um, like has laws that say that if you're 50 miles outside of your your uh, your office space that you can telecommute that that you're required to tele they're they're required to allow you to telecommute right so we have a lot of people that move that during the pandemic like literally had to move right like just different various people. Um, but then we have a bunch of people that actually go into the office, um, uh, and they're uh, they're actually like. Here's the weird part: is that you would think that you'd want people out of the office because, um, just because it's just it's one of those things where less overhead for you because the office you can make the office smaller. You can actually like get rid of machines and just do virtual machines which are super uh, which is a lot cheaper and they never go like here's the thing about a virtual machine that people don't think about is is that you never have to all you're doing is renting it so you never have to buy a, another workstation for another person right yep. all that hardware is just gone so the the literally hundreds of thousands of dollars that tech has spent is all gone because you provide i provided my own screens I provide my own like laptop to to log into the VPN. I mean, like you know. But anywho, they actually they actually give like they actually bonus people for wanting to come into the office. I I just don't get it. Like I don't get it. Like I'm like I'm staying home. I don't want to be in the mess. I don't want to be in the office anymore. You know, um, you know because I like you know I just you know, I could do without office politics. Like I like to just do my work. I like my work. I actually really like my work as a programmer. I love my work. Um, I always feel that like what gets in the way is office politics or is like the, the weird interpersonal politics. It's not office politics because office politics are office politics, but like the stupid stuff that workers make, like, like things, weird things. Like, I just don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't I, I be mean, I agree. It. I agree with you. I, I'm, I, sometimes I miss the, like having, especially working because I work uh, night shift. Um, yeah. You know, it gets a little like in the middle of the night, you're like, well, there's not really much going on because it's a lot of, like, from my stuff, it, it's, it's a glorified call center. So, like, mm-hmm. Some in the middle of the night, there's not much going on because nobody's calling, nobody needs anything. You know, you're kind of yeah. just like making sure everything's running as smooth as it can. And then after you've done the once over of everything two or three times, um, you're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here until somebody needs anything. And uh, that gets a little like you have to. You know, it, it sounds like, you know, time theft, which I, I mean, I guess some offices would think of it that way. But like that's when you put a show on in the background or you read a book or you play your switch or because you're yeah. you're waiting for something to happen. Um, so sometimes I do miss being able to like bullshit and chit chat with somebody. We can do that over teams. But, you know, you got to it, it sounds sketchy. It's not sketchy, but like when you're communicating through like work IMs, you want to keep it as professional. Yeah. You know, you can get a little, yeah, Yeah. you can get a little out of hand, but you don't want to like, you, you know, you can't cause they monitor at, they can monitor everything. So you don't want to say anything that's too like, 
you know, you don't want to gossip too much, which, I mean, you shouldn't gossip anyway, but fuck. Yeah, it's, what's the point of shit, talking shit with your coworkers if you're not going to be like, can you believe this motherfucker? <laughs> like, you know. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I miss that sometimes, but like also there were there were days, especially when I worked on day shift, where I was like, I can't get anything done. Because every time I look up, some other asshole is standing at my desk wanting to fucking talk to me about shit I do not care about. Like, yes. yes. Every Monday morning during football season, it was um, n- none of the people I worked with watched pro ball, really, unless it was like a big game or the Super Bowl. They were all Tennessee and Georgia fans and mostly Tennessee and so yeah. the first three hours of my day was them talking about Tennessee football. And, I mean, if you don't watch college football, let me tell you something. Tennessee football hasn't been relevant since, um, let's see, uh, I don't know, 20 years? <laughs> like, Yeah, literally. Eight and Manning? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I so don't so, think they've been a contender. I mean, they did pretty good last year, I think. But like, it it would drive me nuts. Like, why the fuck? Are you, like, I get it, y'all are Tennessee fans, but like, y'all come in here for two or three hours every Monday, and all y'all want to talk about is just, can you believe it? Like, like they should have done better. Like, you know, like I don't spend that much time talking about the Falcons. Like, and I bitch about it on Facebook, like people should do. Like, <laughs> I don't want to spend three hours of my day on Monday listening to everybody talk about the Tennessee game. Yeah. No, like, like, I, it, that, the, yeah, it, it's, oh God, man. Sometimes the inane things that people want to talk about, it's just like, I ain't got time for that shit. I got time for my work and my work alone. And that's kind of great. But that's what I love about working from home is that I'm I'm actually a person that loves to work from home and actually is more productive at home. Why? Because I can put on my music. I uh, like, you know, I can like I can put on my electronic music. I can put on like whatever, like kind of like like non like and it doesn't have to be like I've gotten into this like uh, Studio Ghibli jazz lo-fi beats like thing where it's like it's all the Studio Ghibli composed uh, songs, but they're done in like this weird cafe jazz kind of thing. And it's like eight hours long and I just put it on and I just start I just start my day like and I start coding and I start doing all the stuff that I need to do because I need to get into like a kind of transient type mode where I'm I'm like concentrating on things that are in front of me and it's just like i love it i love working from home like it's one of those things it's like if you could if you can do it um but only if you're like i feel like there's some people there's some people like not in our generation but maybe like like we're like between like millennials and gen z like you know because we're born in that like late 70s early 80s era and yeah. so, like, we're not really Gen Z, but we're not really millennials. I mean, we're more on the millennial side, right? Um, but uh, it's one of those things where it's like, um, like, I can work from home. Like, I can buckle down and work because I've I've worked before. Like, really worked. I've done shit ass jobs. I've I'm not I'm not one of those kids who 
care and supported them. I mean, I feel like you're the same way. So like we kind of have like this work ethic, right? Where we can do well. I know some people that do not do well, um, like, you know, working from home and yeah. they just can't, they're just impossible. Like I, I know some people I'm like, Oh, you're going to work from home. No, nah, man, that's going to be a big fail for you. Like you're going to fail in a way that I don't even want to see. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, we, like, uh, we, we have people off like track. That, <laughs> oh, you do too. Uh, yeah. you, like those, those people that you just look at and you go, when are they going to get fired? Yep. <laughs> like literally, when are you going to get fired? Because it's it like, will make the company a better company. Yep. Send them messages be like, hey man, you know, everybody can see you're not logged in, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> cause it's all public. Like I can... I can pull up anybody's thing and be like, yeah, yeah, he's not logged into the phone system. He's not logged into Teams. He's not like, it's like, okay, I'm going to send you a message on Facebook or a text or whatever and be like, hey, dude, like, we can see you're not logged in. I can tell that you told me an hour and a half ago you were going to lunch and you have not logged back in since then. Like, you don't get a 90-minute lunch. You get an hour lunch. Like, where are you? <laughs> uh, good grief. Um, I, so, uh, we got news. This We got so off track, which is great. I love, I love when we get off track. It's my favorite thing because, like, you know, this week I feel like, um, it, do we even want to abro- approach the Warner Brothers, the Max, uh, the, the Warner Brothers Discovery bullshit. Uh, there's some good stuff, but mostly uh, I was going to ask you a very pointed question about this, which is we saw the the rate hikes, right? $20 to give me 4K. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, like, like I'm going to, like, you know what? I hate streams. 4K streams are a fallacy. They're They're a myth. I don't know. I don't care what anybody says. A 4K stream is not a... It's not, hey, get get them. Hold on a second. I'm having a problem with my dog. God, no, stop. <laughs> stop. You're trying to attack me. God, darn it. You're going to get out. Get out. Uh, <laughs> shit. My wife apologized to you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I just got mauled by Coach. I want to see that. I want to see that video. <laughs> it's just a paw on my head, dude. Uh, cocaine bear, uh, cocaine bear, uh, cocaine dog got excited by watching cocaine bear last night. Decided <laughs> to fucking attack me. Damn. <laughs> and, my, and my favorite part is, is that the dog that attacked me, her name is Fiona because she's named after a, she's named after both a hippo that's at the Cincinnati Zoo, but she's also named after Princess Fiona. Um, you would think that a princess Fiona would be less chaotic, but no, she's all the chaos. She's, she's a Disney princess if I've ever met one. Um, but anywho, um, uh, like I'm not paying for, I'm not paying an extra $5 now for a four, for 4k streams when I've seen the 4k streams from Warner brothers max. And it's basically 1080p light, uh, like plus, right. I, 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 man, why do they keep on doing this to us? They're like increasing the rates when they don't give us anything that really feels like, like they're not giving us anything better, right? I mean, are they? I, I mean, can they? <laughs> would they? they? Can give a, they <laughs> it's, it's a, would they know? 
I mean, absolutely, absolutely, they could. I mean, they could give us give us a better user interface experience. I mean, like, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, like, considering the people. I guess the the caveat to my can they is considering the people currently running it. Do they have the capacity to understand that this sucks? <laughs> like. <laughs> No, um, they don't. Uh, it's it's like, just it's uh, Bill Lumberg going like that's that's fine. That that's everything looks good. <laughs> like, no nah, yeah. man, this do, sucks. Do you, this is terrible. <laughs> do they have? Do you have your TPS reports? No. Okay, I'm gonna have to have you come in Saturday, Sunday, Christmas, Hanukkah, and Ramadan. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I just, like, okay, so, like, the Penguin, like, oh, let's just get into the good stuff. Like, the Penguin looks great, right? Like, yes. Um, like, I heard, okay, so, like, after I did some diving, and it looks like Matt Reeves has wants, wants to keep it in the sphere, so they're hiring it, basically, all the creatives, behind-the-scenes creatives from Batman. Uh, from the Batman over to the Penguin. So Greg Frazier's uh, like, you know, the DP on the first couple of episodes and he's visual consultant. So like his team is going to be going to be uh, uh, photographing it. I mean, the makeup, I mean, everything looks like it's not a lesser version, which my God, dude, like that trailer, like even though it's a small bit, I'm like, okay, I could do, I can do the Penguin as Tony Soprano, young Tony Soprano running up the ranks, right? Because isn't that what it's supposed to be? Or is it post? If it, even if it's post, like, Batman, I'm there for that. I, yeah, I I don't know. I My thoughts, uh, I, just based on what the little bit I read in the trailer was that it was post, that this is going to be him... Like how Take, he takes, yeah, how he takes over from Falcone. So okay, yeah, I've seen, I, I'm seeing it now. Like I'm seeing the trailer, and I didn't watch the first part where they show um, Gotham being underwater. Like, okay, so now, yeah, that's definitely okay. Okay, I can see that now. Um, uh, I mean, dude, like, okay, so like the first thought I had about this, and you might have had the same thought was, this is the way you do Gotham Knights. This is the way you do Gotham. Not yes. that stupid low, low end, low frizz. Let's put it on Fox for, for a couple of seasons. No, this is how you fucking do. If you want to make it about Gotham, if you want to make it about the hoods and stuff, you don't do it the like, cheap ass way. You do it this way. And I'm like, I'm I, for a show that I was like, really? I'm actually super excited about now. Like I'm genuinely excited about this because it's something that I feel like it's taking its things seriously. And I will not be surprised if it's R rated, which I mean, you kind of have to be in a, in a show about a bunch of mobsters and corruption and assassinations and a gang war basically. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm there. I'm there like whenever it premieres in what probably December or January of 2024, whenever it gets to us. Um, yeah, I, I'm really curious what they're 
so the the penguin story I'm sure will be interesting, but if it can sustain like a show without them doing like okay, we're also going to introduce these characters that are well known in the Batman mythos. Not while well, we already got the Riddler, but not like you know. Uh, well, I'm trying. Who haven't they introduced that? Because uh, even Matt Reeves has already introduced a version of the Joker, the Riddler, Catwoman, yep. and the Penguin, all in one movie. Um, but you know what I mean, like some of those yeah, villains, yeah. villain types. Um. I mean, well, okay, so we already know what this, like, I don't know if you really, okay, so, like, can I ask you something? Do you, do you feel like this is the first time we're getting something that's just a bridge? Like, like, they've always talked about, like, these, like, like, um, like, go, going back to the Dark Tower. Do you remember when they were first releasing that, that movie and they were talking about, there's going to be a TV show to bridge yeah, the gap on certain yep. things. And, and they've never gotten to it, you know, like. This feels like the first iteration of the let's get the gap together, like let's fill the gap in. And is it just going to be one of those things where they deal with the war so that by the time we get to Batman 2 or the Batman part 2 and it's full on like it's full on unrest in 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 Gotham but we've already seen it because we have this eight episode limited series that sets it up because I feel like the only way you get Colin Farrell to agree to this is that it's a one shot deal, right? Like his, like his work on true detective, give me one season that gives me full unadulterated. Like I get to be the penguin in all the grossness outside of the PG 13 universe that you're creating Matt. And then we can do an R rated version within fill the gap and then when we get to the big budget three hour batman part two we've had that context for the ground war so we know what batman is dealing with yeah um yeah i i i think you're probably spot on the only other movie series to do anything like that that i think of off the top of my head was uh the three years or two or three years in between uh attack of the clones and uh revenge of the yes. Sith was that uh lucas and uh tartakovsky did the, the two seasons of those clone wars mini uh cartoons yes they kind of bri- were supposed to bridge that gap but then you know they got decanonized when lucas went back and did full-on the clone wars um and, and i mean thankfully so that that shows excellent but those those tartakovsky episodes are really good too um yeah but those are very minor (laughs) things yeah it's nothing big like this in dune uh uh uh, children of the of the witches or whatever it's called are the only two things that i've seen where they're attempting while they're currently creating content to be able to like fill in gaps meaningfully with the same creative teams uh so it's interesting it's like to me it's super fucking interesting what they're doing and the level at which they're doing it because they're not like the thing is is that this is all like i feel like this is all to keep matt reeves happy like 
Like it, it really does feel like, okay, so like, let's keep Matt happy because we know he's our golden goose because we lost Nolan. So this guy could be our next Nolan, which I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not, but I am saying this, like treating him at the level of respect that they treated JJ and JJ gave them nothing as opposed to they give this to Matt. And the first thing he does is create this, like, a TV series, which I think is going to be an instant hit because gangsters are like crime shows are like bread and butter, right? So if you add in Colin Farrell and then you add in Batman, that's just layer upon layer, right? Yeah. Um, so it, like I feel like it's like it's like a it's it's an easy decision, though I always feel like these are the kinds of decisions that never get a green light, but they actually got a green light. Um, the other one, which is a weird kind of side tangent. The other one that's doing it right now is actually Peacock is doing it with the Continental, which is the John Wick TV series um, that's filling in gaps. So, and they're not skipping on that because if you've seen the trailer for that, that one looks like a John Wick movie, except for it's a TV miniseries. Um, I like that. I like, you know, you're going to spend the right amount of money and the right amount of things to do something right. Um and just treating it with a level of respect that I feel like oftentimes we don't get. We more we more often get Gotham, Gotham Knights, the Batwoman, like these lesser versions and iterations that nobody wants to be a part of. Yeah. Like original like original cast members don't want to be a part of. And it's just like, uh, yeah, man. Like this is a right decision. Um but like it's all to say that looks good. Um I really I, I want to see what happens. Uh, what else? Uh, Grillo. Uh, Grillo. So uh, Frank Grillo got announced as Randall Flagg Sr. in the mm -hmm. animated. But didn't we, didn't we also get this whole thing of like Gunn saying that that particular er era would eventually be turned into a movie, right? Like yeah. live action versions. Yeah, the, the, those characters will show up in various uh films live action films and that they're casting the the parts uh the creature commando parts the voice actors with the specific intent that they those actors will then portray those characters in live action as well now a lot of the creatures would be heavily like like well a mix of like cgi and prosthetics um uh, yeah. Sean Gunn is is one of them specifically, um, but he's done it before. He was in uh, Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, and he's also Rocket. He's also Rocket. Yeah. He's the in-person Rocket um, on Guardians. Uh, also very revealing. Did you see another name in there that was a, a cross-pollination? David Harbour? Yes. Um, which I, I mean, we we know that he's probably just going to be a voice, but at the same, uh, no, actually playing Eric Frankenstein, I, I didn't realize that. Which, okay, so doesn't that make it a little like like it's going to make it interesting, right? Um, it, 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 this is like a little bit of cross pollination now, right? Like, because well, I mean, it's it's happened before, but never, yeah, so so big where where it's just like you're doing them on top of each other because he's currently also involved in the Thunderbolts. 
Thunderbolts, um, which is essentially a like they're kind of a comparable, aren't they? Like, yeah. like the Thunderbolts and uh, the Creature Commandos are like, I mean, they're kind of swirling the kind of same kind of genreness of it, like the, their purpose. Um, like, ha- like I haven't read Creature Commandos. I've heard of it, of course. Um, what, like, do you feel like this is going to just because, like, we've talked about this before, right? Like how. These are all plans are all well intentioned and stuff until you start getting out to it. Do we just think that it's going to stay an animated feature and they're not going to appear because, like, you know, it's just one of those things where let's fuck around and see what happens? I mean, right now, it very much feels like that. But that's just because every everything's on shaky ground with DC and Warners because. Yeah. That they're so non-committal uh, to, like the Blue Beetle thing. It's like, yeah, but, I mean, we've got Blue Beetle coming. Is this the start of the new DCEU? Like they, they were kind of like that about Shazam. Like Shazam's coming. Like yeah. it's kind of in its own world, but you know, it could be part of the new DCEU. Shazam bombs, and they're just like, what? No, we never said anything like that. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> So if, if Blue Beetle shits the bed, um, which Shazam Two was, a, it was a perfectly fine, good movie. It'll be on HBO uh, Max or whatever it's calling itself. Um, uh, that sounds dismissive of trans people. I, I fully support trans people. I do not support trans streaming websites. <laughs> like pick a lane, stay the fuck in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh yeah it well okay so like like i love that they announced like like you know the new thing is going to premiere with shazam 2 i'm like is that isn't that a harbinger of isn't that like a harbinger of things to come your premiere your your big premiere for max or whatever the hell it's called i think it's just called max now um is a (laughs) is a movie that bombed uh like really bombed like i mean like the movie did not make even a third of its budget back uh, yeah, it, I mean, it I so- think ultimately it probably wound up doing worse than Black Adam. Yeah, it did. Like, it did. Like, Black Adam was more successful. Um, which you know, I mean, that tells you something about the level of which at which like DC like had no idea like they're how tone deaf they are. Um, uh, except for Batman, they can get Batman right every single goddamn time. Like, like that's the weird part is that with the ex- like since the like, like regardless of what we think of Batman v Superman, like Affleck's Bruce Wayne is compelling um, in a way that other people's Bruce Waynes aren't compelling. Which I know that sounds weird, uh, and it's a weird backhanded compliment, but. It's to say that they always seem to get at least one thing right, except for Schumacher. I mean, I'm just going to, let's just, like, I mean, uh, we know funny, what Schumacher was doing. <laughs> funny you bring that up, because I went to, uh, I went on a little road trip uh, about an hour up the uh, road from here uh, yesterday, and I, I stepped into a Barnes & Noble, and I went to the vinyl, like I want to do lately, and yeah. they had the Batman Forever soundtrack on vinyl. And I oh. was like, I have to buy this. Like, I love this movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Um, but that soundtrack is fucking fire. 
And no, so it is. I, I bought the the Batman Forever soundtrack yesterday on well, vinyl. I mean, like, like I mean, like just to give people an idea, it has that fucking badass U two song back when U two was badass. Mazzy Star, Brandy, PJ Harvey, Seal, of course, the Kiss from the Rose, uh, Massive Attack, Nick Cave, The Offspring, uh, Flaming Lips, Method Man shows up. Um, yeah. Like Met it's the, like doing okay. the Riddler, like it's just the Riddler. Yeah. It's met the man doing the Riddler, you know. It's fucking great. Uh, that bad day song is one of my favorite songs of all time. You know. Yep. Flaming lips, man. Like, like, um, I will give you this. Like that soundtrack is fucking badass. So I, I don't like. I, I I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like clown you for that because that that soundtrack is fucking fire. Um, and it, that it's on um, vinyl, even better, man. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite uh, U two song, hands down, my favorite oh, okay. U two song. Hold me, throw me, I, I, kiss I, me, I, kill me. I love that song. Um, my favorite part about uh, Batman and Robin, uh, the next one, is the fact that the Smashing Pumpkins tried to basically recopy the U two song <laughs> with their song, yeah. and it becomes this weird like. I could never get over because that was his Uncle Fester phase. Um, uh, what's his yeah. name? Oh God, I can't. Billy, Corgan. Billy Corgan's like Uncle uh, Billy Corgan's Uncle Fester phase. I mean, he's never left the Uncle Fester phase, but it was just so weird, and it was such a weird, kooky song. I was like, "But you're trying to copy the U2 song. Like, it's cool. It's an okay song." Um, and especially like during that era, because Smashing Pumpkins, that's another album I've yet to find at a decent price, which is um, uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, which, I mean, I, that fucking album was like ever present. Uh, it was like during a, that era. It was like a double CD. So it, would it be like a four, four disc vinyl? Like, um, it's there was si- so it, I much. think it's six. Six? Oh it's my six. God, man. You're gonna spend two hundred dollars like, on that. <laughs> eighty bucks, man. I keep on seeing it for eighty bucks. Like I, I will not spend eighty bucks on it. Though every single song in that, like I will say this, "Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness" for us is like what "Rumors," uh, the Fleetwood Mac album, uh, was for our parents' generation in the seventies. It's like this, just this massive fucking like nuclear crater of a thing that everybody listened to like everybody had that i know dudes that were like straight up like like they were i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that they they were doing illegal things selling things that they shouldn't be selling but maybe they were um that had that album that were like you need to listen to tonight tonight and i'm like i know I know, dude. Like, it's a great song. But no, yeah. you don't understand. And it's like, like that's the kind of, like, impact that this fucking, that that, that, that album had. I'm always, like, like, it's like that and, like, um, like, Green Day's first, like, four albums were just kind of, like, those, those, like, creators that I don't know if I can listen to anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you've listened to them so much yeah. that you're like, Oh, no, I'm good. I'm really good. Like, there's some things from my past that I'm just like, I've listened to them so much that I ran them into the ground. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I love that we get to do these side tangents and um, 
That's awesome. Now I now I kind of want the Batman Forever soundtrack on vinyl, dude. Thanks. I'm now going to have to go search for it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, I don't get heavy into the like. Oh, it's cool because it's different color, but it's like blue and silver. And oh, it's got like, the, the vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, nice. oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, uh, but I, them getting Batman right, like I, I do agree with you. They always seem to manage to, like, I guess that's why they keep going back to that well of like, well, people like Batman. We always seem to do it well enough that people will come see it. So let's do another Batman. <laughs> No, absolutely, and um, you know, like they haven't gotten it wrong since the since the Schumacher verse. Um, you may not agree with them, but you know they are what they are. But um, yeah, it's going to be weird if Blue Beetle and the Flash fail. Though I don't think that the Flash is going to fail. Which me either. I kind of want, want it to. I just kind of want that fucking shit to be over with. Um, me, me too. Uh, but I mean, we still like. Like they're not going to really be able to to really say this is the new DCU until 2024, 2025, because we still have Aquaman, Blue Beetle, and the the Flash to get through. And like that's the way I feel about it. Is like I have to get through this stuff. Like I hope I'm hoping that Blue Beetle is great. I really do because it looks like they're they're doing the right things. Though, is it going to connect with an audience? Is like ultimately the the thing the thing, right? Um, so we'll see. But there's still a long way to go, and they keep on like they're making these like promises, and I just don't believe them. Um, one thing that I did want to ask you about because it's it's a it's a franchise that we both have never talked about on the podcast, and I don't actually know how you feel about it. Um, the Gremlins animated series, like that, like, and let's be clear about this. Joe Dante has said that he's involved in it. He's producing it. He's got the creative kind of like he's been doing. He's they've been taking his suggestions um, in regards to the creative direction of it. Um, what do you think? I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, I am of the unpopular opinion that Gremlins Two is actually. A, a brilliant brilliant masterpiece the first film is great and a lot of fun and like is what it is and i mean the phoebe cates like santa claus story is just horrifically yeah. hysterical um but like gremlins <laughs> 2 just has this irreverence to it that I adored. Uh, Ryan did too. Like we loved Gremlins mm-hmm. too, and uh, I, I think most people just want to ignore that it exists. So I, if if they take that that approach of just like we're not gonna really talk about like the craziness of Gremlins too, that's fine. I understand it. I I love the Gremlins. Like it, it's it's a weirdly perfect meld of like horror and cute like it just works and i think that's something that could really like it's a shame that that you can't get a some kind of rebooted 
actual film franchise, which, I mean, maybe we can eventually, because I, I think that's something that would really, really sell now. You know, uh, it did fine yes. back then, but like Gremlins 2 was kind of a nail in the coffin because it didn't do so well. Um, and they're like, well, we're done with that franchise. Um, but uh, who doesn't want uh, um, uh, Mogwai? You know, Mogwai. Yep. I mean, so much so that, you know, there was a toy, <laughs> the Furbies, that basically were Mogwais. Oh yeah. Uh, um, I'm I'm actually super excited for it because it looks like it looks like the kind of like you were saying like it, it has the irreverence um, because I mean Gremlins are Gremlins I mean they're basically like I'm uh, I'm of that same theory that Gremlins two is the the work of genius um, because it's basically the closest that we'll ever get to a live action version of uh, Looney Tunes. Uh, like yeah. it literally feels like Looney Tunes, the movie, um, and it has like a great Christopher Lee as a mad scientist performance in it. Um, you know, like everything is just perfect about that. The, the the amazing, like if we look at it now, that amazing musical number is like a practical effects work of unparalleled genius because it's not it's before cgi and they did it all they did it all with puppetry and hundreds of these fucking gremlins are in a single shot like i don't know like it, it it's amazing i like that it they went to the animated realm because it allows them to do like because it looks like it's like a it's not an origin story but it's definitely a like it's it's like a rebooting but it's a soft reboot because like they they're doing it just a little bit different and i kind of like that i kind of like the fact that they're making it into this like big like epic like thing set in set in asia and these kids that like you know like the, the origins of the mogwai and the gremlins and how they get out it's it looks cool like i like the animation style um i wanted to ask you something um how great is it that we're like we're getting away from the uniform Disney bullshit animated style and we're getting these like and this is the one time you'll ever hear me say Sony and Spider-Man thank you for allowing uh Peter Ramsey to do the version of Spider-Man that felt so kind of organically stylish because it opened the window for other animated styles and it's not so kind of locked in like do you feel the same way that i do about that yes like a thousand percent um i like i don't know there's something and i know there's no real such thing as like 2d animation anymore like mm -hmm. it's not traditionally like the way it used to be done so you do lose yeah. something there because it's all just digital now and that that's fine but there's something oddly like tactile to that kind of animation yes like, absolutely I, I don't you know i used to think like oh well i like it because it's what i grew up with and not that i don't appreciate the the 3d kind of thing but mm -hmm. I don't know. I I used to feel like, well, I liked it because it's what I grew up with. And now I'm just like, 
Yeah, but like it's I don't know. It just does something in my mind where I'm just I I can get maybe not more into it, but I'm just more excited by it. Like it's just it looks cooler. Like it's you know I don't know. It it just looks it looks badass. You know, And, and then for Sony and uh. That whole production team on, like, I mean, I guess it's uh, a big chunk of it is, uh, for better or for worse, uh, what's her name? Amy Pascal? Like, yeah. pushing, like, wanting to push the envelope. Because, um, I mean, she basically just got laughed out of Sony after all those leaks. Um, yeah. And, and maybe rightfully so, like, because there were some wild ideas and <laughs> like, you know, clearly we all want to point fingers and be like, see Sony and nobody in running the offices there knows what they're doing. But meanwhile, she's gone. Sony still doesn't know what the fuck it's doing with the Spider-Man properties, but we get her like in her passion for Spider-Man, like doing the animated stuff. And it's like, Oh, well maybe she wasn't the one. Like maybe maybe her crazy ideas were the ones that we were like, uh, yeah, no, I mean that sounds like it could be fun, you know. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I feel like like I- I'm always thankful for the Sony emails because it begat Kevin Feige and Marvel being a- involved in Spider Man. Because if that if that those things happen didn't happen, we like Marvel doesn't doesn't wiggle their way in. Because of the embarrassment of those emails. And if you guys have never read those emails, they're rough. They they just kind of shed a light on just how stupid and fucking clueless Hollywood is about this stuff. Like literally, you like, you know, the whole old adage of, well, all these guys are just MBA stockbroker bros or tech bros that that have never that have never like read a comic book in their life. Uh, that's basically what those emails were like i mean they were like not even like not even just the comic book based stuff just in in general the way that these people talked about about actors and creatives like they were commodities that were the end of a joke um is just yeah like some people in in those emails should never have work but oddly enough they are still running studios like just shocking, but anyways. Uh, I mean, some of it's the kind of things that, like, we were talking about office culture earlier. That, like, when you're yeah. sitting around the office, like, some dipshit you work with was is like, wouldn't it be great if, like, there was a movie about X Y Z or if, like, these two franchises, like, crossed over? And it's not something like, oh, Twenty Two Jump Street meets Men in Black, which sounds like, oh, that could be fascinating, which was an idea. Yeah. Um. It, it's like, what if, you know, um, I, I can't even think of anything so ridiculous, but it, it's shit that it's just like the hangover meets, um, I don't know, uh, old school or like dumb shit like that. It's just like, no, man, nobody wants to see that. Like, it, it's the kind of shit that and the problem is it all came to light. I mean, that, this was years ago, but it's just like, yeah. oh, wait, all of these people are stupid. <laughs> and like yeah. realizing that the people in charge of a studio are no smarter 
than the fuckhead that works three desks down from you that keeps IMing you about, um, you know, his bullshit theories on Game of Thrones. You know, Jon Snow's <laughs> an alien or like some dumb shit like that. It's like, yeah, come on, man. Like, I, I want to believe that the creative, like, I understand executives aren't necessarily creatives, but like, you want to believe that they're like, they're passionate about it a little bit, not yeah. fucking morons. <laughs> like, <laughs> which you know, I mean, which, you know, I. I <laughs> I mean, that, you know, like, yeah. I mean, are we, are we, are we fully, like, you know, I'm fully convinced that, like, nobody knows anything. It's just like William Goldman said, you know, nobody knows anything um, there because they're basically hired as, from, like, it, it's all Nepo babies. I mean, like, yeah. basically, that's basically what it is, is, like, even in, like, this era of stock and tech bros, taking on finance bros taking over things it's the same thing it's like you know like you know they were and somebody's they, they were somebody's fucking nepo baby hire you know th and th those are the that's the, that's the issue that like people are going after like the actors and actresses and writers and uh and like yeah those guys aren't the problem like tracy ellis ross being given a chance because she's Diana Ross's daughter and then oh shit it turns out she's really talented really funny like yeah it that's not like I understand why some people can think it's the problem but like she actually is talented and funny that's not the problem Jamie Lee Curtis is very talented very funny very good very great actress she's not the problem the problem nope. is the the nepotism behind the scenes like in the executive shit those people that like you know like whose son or daughter got a job working in the mailroom when they were 15 and then by 23 they're like running up some like dumb shit branch of a studio it's like come on man you know like yeah it used to not like it used to it all it's always been that way but like it it was not as bad like um uh tony goldwin like he's a good example yeah like yeah that's, that's old hollywood man like his family yeah. is like og hollywood MGM Metro Goldwyn Mayer like Tony Goldwyn that's his family and mm -hmm. but they all had skin in the game too like they were all very creative people like they weren't just studio executives you know yeah so some of them detrimentally creative <laughs> to the point that they <laughs> you know I mean yeah, just go look up Judy yeah. Garland but it, it's but I'm not going to take away the fact that they were like passionate about being creative. Like it wasn't just a numbers game, you know, it was about, it was about the art uh, for better or for worse. And like the executives now, like it's not, it really is just like, they might as well be stockbrokers. It's fucking <laughs> insane. It, it, it's like, that's where the problem is guys, that the people calling the shots, have no, like, they're not interested in anything actually creative. They're only interested in what's going to draw money and not finding something that's truly 
great and being like, okay, we're going to find a way to make this make money. Um, we might fail, but we're going to fucking try, you know? Yeah. It, people shit on Kevin Smith and sometimes rightfully so, but he's figured out this formula of like, okay, if I, if I make a movie with a studio and wide release it for, you know, promote the hell out of it, buy commercials, all of this, mm-hmm. I don't, nobody goes to see it. If I get a studio to back a movie, we put it in theaters in limited release for like two weeks, and then I four wall it like fucking just tour the country for six months, nine months, a year with yep. some of the cast, some of the crew, some like, and do these Q and A's and sell it for sell tickets for fifty bucks a pop. He makes three, t- the movie makes three times the amount of money and yep. studio and those studios that, that, you know, are with him on that, like Lionsgate, they're like, oh shit, man. No, you can just keep doing this. Like, meanwhile, Clerks 3 Which probably is- never played on more than 200 screens nationwide at one time. Yep. <laughs> And it wasn't the 200 screen two week run that made the money. It was the Kevin Smith, like, I'm going to go ahead and do a road show. And all of that, that made the money. Because, yep. like you said, he's unlocked the, he's unlocked it. Like, he's like, and this is where, like, you know, smaller budget filmmaking is going, which is, is let's aim focus towards my, my my audience and let me give the audience what they want but not in the necessarily in the way that like i feel like smith is delivering an experience that they want and not necessarily the movie in the beats that they want because i feel like like smith is fan smith's fan base sometimes can be toxic i mean we've seen it before but the thing that they're always about is letting smith direct and guide the 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 world the view universe in the way that he wants to do it and they're never like he's never too far off like he's always like 10 10 degrees difference in everything that he does it just enough to keep him interested but they always go along with that those changes and those kind of twists and turns within the the universe and i i I appreciate the staggering amount of work he's done to create that fan base, that fan base that's loyal and will always show up, especially to the Q and A's. Even if they wind up shitting on the movie afterwards, they do. They'll still buy the ticket, take the experience and be like, why am fucking like that? (laughs) Yeah. And then, then here's the further, here's the, the further part about it. Like that I find is glorious too, is that, even if they hated the movie, they will still buy the Blu-ray and they will buy it directly from him so that they can get the signature on the goddamn Blu-ray. Yep. Like that's that's commitment. That's like brand loyalty, you know, a fan loyalty. And like, you know, he reciprocates that by like giving them the experiences that they want. Now, like I've heard people like criticize him because, you know, he's charging anywhere between 30 to $50 to a hundred dollars for these things. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. You know why? Because 
how many times have you fucking bought Big Trouble in Little China? You've bought it probably 45 times, and you've probably spent $150 on just buying, rebuying that same version or that that different version with a different transfer, like, you know, 10 times throughout yeah. your fucking lifetime. You know, so don't come at the myth because they're buying, like, you know, they're they're spending like you know upwards of a thousand to two thousand dollars a year on his his merch because they love him and i'm not gonna fucking like the, there's no difference in fandom between kevin smith to george R. R. martin to harry potter it's all it all swirls in the same kind of thing but at least with smith i can say and look and go you know what like it's going to him it's going to his crew it's going to the people that i like that I want that money to go to, right? It's not going to be like, you know, Kevin Smith doesn't, like the buck doesn't, like the buck stops with Kevin Smith. I mean, and he's smart enough and he has a smart enough group of people around him to ensure that like everybody is taken care of. And I love that. I have, there's a, there's a part of me that loves that kind of aspect. I mean, even like I, I love, I love when rappers take care of their crew. Like, you I mean, know, people, they're people like shit on him for that. But like, I, I'm, I, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like if you grew up with, like with those strong bonds with these certain people or, or like develop them later in life, like even if you have, yeah. fought, which, cause he's had followings out with a lot of people that, you know, were in his, his, in his circle. Close circle. And but yeah. like, it's still never been like, disownment you know it's never been like yeah. oh like I, I he doesn't go after him he does like it just kind of like you can tell because it's like oh well they don't get brought up anymore um so yeah. or, or and then years later you know um uh, he taught he's talked a lot about his friendship with malcolm ingram um who's a, a documentary filmmaker um yes who, who, small town gay bar if you've never seen it oh my god um it's such a good documentary. Um, but, it really uh, is. That, that's a great one. I didn't know that he opened up a lot about uh, their relationship. Like, yeah, I, I he's done it in some of the podcasts. They're various, ah. like, ins and outs, like, fallings out that were, because they're both kind of bullheaded and loudmouth. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it eventually comes to a head. They don't talk for a couple of years and then reconcile and, you know, just shit like that. Um, but, uh like, I, you know, he sticks by his people and people shit on him. Oh, he always just casts the same people. Like, okay, yeah, but, like, the flip side of that is he's also just wants to not... It, he does. He likes the people he likes, you know? Jason Lee yeah. seems like a really solid person. Why the fuck wouldn't you want to work with Jason Lee in every movie that you made, <laughs> you know? Yeah, or, or Rosario Dawson, like, maybe, or any... Yeah. Any of these people, like, um, no, you're right. Like, it, it's funny because, like, other filmmakers do that. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Scorsese has a, like a long line of people. PTA has a long line of people, and like, I mean, even Spielberg has guys that he always goes to. Guys and uh, guys and gals that he goes to. What's the difference? And we both know what the difference is. Is that yeah. that there's this whole fucking thing about people not like people hating on um kevin smith like that's all there is to it there's just this hate like you know he's got a like you said he's got a big mouth he doesn't mind using it 
and he doesn't mind talking shit. And that like leads up people to like just dislike in a big way. And it's just like yeah. I don't know. I mean, man. He's like, even admitted I, it's cost him friendship. I mean, it cost him his friendship with Ben Affleck. So Yep. You know. Yep, exactly. Because I he mean always wanted to talk about this shit that Affleck was fucking around doing behind the scenes. And he's like, Yeah, I don't that doesn't need to be public knowledge, man. Like I don't need People coming up to me, or studio heads asking me, like, did you really take out your nuts and put them on somebody's neck? Or, like, something like that. It's like, yeah, man, that's not what you want to hear when you're sitting down <laughs> with a, um, you know. So, um, yeah. going back going back a few, you brought up Harry Potter a few minutes ago. Yeah. So, oh. just sticking on our, like, what the fuck is Warner Brothers doing? I understand yeah. that's a big property. I understand you need to monetize it, but like, so they're, they're not even like going to the well and going like, we're going to give you new adventures. They're literally making a 10 year commitment to just readapt the Harry Potter books for television. Yep. yep. Well, is there I, I any mean, way this is any good? No, I don't think so. Like, I don't like, it's going to become game of Thrones. Like, the magic trick about the movies is the fact that they're movies, but they still manage to like the adaptations that Steve Cloves and Melissa Rosenberg did. Like the magic trick of those were that they were, they took sprawling epic books that take wide tangents. They distill them into the basic plot, but give them charm and life in a way that like is a magic trick. Like I still look at, a goblet of fire and i go i don't know how they they took that massive book and made it into something that works that the fans can take or leave like that's the thing about those movies is that they exist in a place there they can take it or leave it right like they can go oh you know what i'm a harry potter book fan or i'm a harry potter uh movie fan or i'm both which are usually the craziest ones um and to kind of like this close and also like i don't know like it just seems like a big risk it's like it's almost like saying it's like rather than like they really should be doing what they did with game like and also they have also proven like they can't do this because when they tried to expand the world it became all troublesome and really fucking bullshitty because you know it like the 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 magic of hiring troubling people and then your your author becomes troubling in and of themselves and creates a, a whole vacuum within the fandom. Like and she's she's going to be involved in the show. Yes, well, they, she has the sign off because they gave her the god signature of like like that was the big thing. That's how Warner Brothers like I don't know if like Harry Potter fans know this, but if like if you're not a Harry Potter fan, you don't know they sign like. She held off for so long that by the time that they that Warner Brothers committed to it, she was on to her uh, her her she was already writing Prisoner of Azkaban, and it was such a feverish fandom that they that Warner Brothers had to concede that everything that they do with Harry Potter has to go through her, not even through anybody else. Like the studio heads can't even greenlight anything unless they get her approval. Right. Like. That's the kind of God handshake that nobody gets. Nobody, not even the the Tolkien estate got that when they when they re-signed with Amazon. So this is going through her. 
And I mean, you know, she's always cared about her work. And I hate talking about her like this because it's such a trashy ass thing that she's fucking done. Um, but anywho, like I'm not here to talk politicals bullshit, but I will say this much. It's almost like telling George R. R. Martin, let's remake let, like in 10 years, let's remake Game of Thrones rather than expand the universe. Let's remake that Game of Thrones again. It's like that's such a stupid monumental task that is just lining up for criticism that I don't get. Like, I honestly like we all knew like I think we even joked about it. Like, when's Harry Potter going to be the the 10 year yeah. like, you know, HBO Max series that's going to make it two seasons and then fail? Well, we know I, now. It, the, the the issue is like oh, okay, so the movies had a had a tough road because they're like you said they're distilled versions of the books. There's stuff that isn't there. There's stuff that is conflated. There doesn't really match up. And book readers, like book lovers, are like, well, like it should have been like this. It should have been like that. You know. But the movies work fine. Like. Everything yeah. works in the movies may not conflate to the books, but it, it does work. So the books work, the movies work on their own. If you like both great, if you don't, you have the books or you have the movies. If you do a TV series, that isn't just going like, oh, well, we have to really do well and adapt the books. You also have this contingent of, rabid fans of those films who are then going like no nah, man like no like uh, i like this version like it's just you're shooting yourself in the foot twice you know yeah <laughs> like no it, absolutely it doesn't make any sense to me again i understand you have this property if you're going to hold on to it you need to find a way to monetize it but like I I don't know. Could could you have done anything else? I I, I just I don't. And and coming out the gate going like we're gonna we're gonna give it a ten year commitment. Like, dude, the the service isn't even ten years old. Like, yeah, you know, I, I it's it was mind boggling to me. Um, speaking of uh properties you got to figure out how to monetize. I w so I was thinking about this last night and I was like, I okay. have to ask Adam about this. Okay. So Disney owns all of Fox's properties now. Yep. So there, we know that they're the Marvel stuff that Fox owned. They're, they're definitely figuring that out and all of it's coming. The X-Men are coming. Daredevil's coming. Um, Fantastic Four is coming. We uh, we know that, but mm -hmm. Fox also owns a lot of other things. That how is Disney going to figure out how to like? They you can't just let Predator and Alien, which we know there's a new Alien movie coming. Um, mm -hmm. we'll we'll see about that. We just got a new Predator movie last year. Um. But one big one that I I got reminded this week because Marvel just started publishing a Planet of the Apes comic. Oh. And I was like, that's right. F 
Fox owns the Planet of the Apes franchise. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, you know that there's a Planet of the Apes movie coming, right? No. You didn't know about that, did you? Yeah, it's like a $200 million big budget like movie that, because it stars nobody. So <laughs> that's the big thing is that it's all CG. Like they're taking, like it's basically a sequel series to the Caesar trilogy. Where, you know, like, okay, so spoilers for um, an eight-year-old movie, guys, which you guys should have seen. Um, Caesar dies at the end, and it's his his family. And so, like, there's a new um, Planet of the Apes um, movie that's that that's actually in, like, that's been in production. Um, it's called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Um, and, um, basically it's kind of like the continuation. Um, now I've heard that it's a pretty, like they put a lot of money into it. And so they're, they're working on it. Like, you know, they're basically working on it right now. And, um, uh, I cannot remember, I, uh, like, I cannot remember, the full details of it but um there's like it's it's not a big cast it's like good cast and uh basically it's just um you know it takes place after and uh, um the guy who okay so like this is what gives me hope is Wes ball is actually directing it now if you guys don't know who Wes ball is he's the guy he's the director and writer or adapter of the maze runner movies which are low-key some of the like some of the best ya action films of the last 10 years that you haven't seen i agree um, and and th that franchise only am i wrong that's the one that got halted because somebody got seriously injured on set right yeah, it, well, okay, so, like, yeah, that's the one where uh, Dylan, um, what's his name, um, uh, Dylan O'Brien, um, who, like, he got hurt so bad, he, like, it, it turned into, like, this whole loop, um, this whole Mark Hamill thing, where he had to get, like, facial reconstruction, so he looks a little bit different now, I mean, he's still a big star, and it's still a big, like, the Maze Runner, the, the last movie actually ended, like, even though all the production troubles of it, ended as strongly as like box office wise as the first first two okay um it wasn't like it, it completed the trilogy um which is nice but um west ball is like actually a pretty great director if you watch those series and you see what he does on the budget that he had which i will tell you from what i understood those maze runner movies they look like 150 million dollar movies but he only had half that budget uh, so it was very smart. Um, so much so, like he's he's a guy whose work is respected so much so that his um, his fellow, like he 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 um, he went to film school with Barry Barry Jenkins, um, and Barry Jenkins was like talked praised his work because it's it's so good. That's how good you know. That's how that's how strong the work is in that trilogy if you've if you've never not seen it it's like barry jenkins is a fan of of what he does in that work and if you've never seen it a reason why especially if you're a b-movie fan barry pepper has a big part in it. um 
in the first or in the last two, which is kind of great. If you like Barry Pepper, like I do, like, you know, guy who never got his shot, even though he kind of came up, it's kind of like great to watch him play the the build the butcher part, basically, you know, the older gruff, like, you know, uh, commander um, of this squad of like younger guys or younger guys and girls that are trying to like solve this like you know oppressive regimes issues um so but gets me excited for kingdom of the planet of the apes um and basically it's coming out next summer uh yeah i just don't know anything the the cast looks great uh dagen lockman who is just fantastic like i hope this is a big big break for her kevin durand who we talked about a few weeks ago Um, yes he's great yeah oh Um, owen teague um, yeah. Owen Teague, um, uh, like there, yeah. Uh, Freya Allen, who, if you guys watch The Witcher, uh, you'll know who she is, and she's great. Um, uh, yeah, no, it, it's a, it's a good, it's a good cast, right? Like, what I like about the Planet of the Apes movies, like the, like the last trilogy, is that after the first one, they just picked the best actors for it, not necessarily the not necessarily the superstars because the stars are the apes right they're like andy circus and and um toby cabell who's amazing in those movies um and then you get like but then like in the last movie you get somebody like woody harrelson in full evil like rapacon mode and it's like you get kind of magic in these movies so yeah you're right like i i really do hope that like you know once we see some of this stuff that um so this yeah, is gonna no. be their first big like test yeah for the fox stuff because we we haven't yeah. prey got put straight to hulu it sounds like the alien film with which uh like is basically just picked over ideas from previous like we're gonna do an, a, a new alien film um is also going straight to hulu um yep so yeah this sounds like yeah i was not aware of this so that sounds like it'll be their first big test of like can we uh mine what we bought for like big screen content so fingers crossed it's successful and i mean honestly i'm going back to the sony those sony people are insane i'm gonna just throw in an insane idea here and go Look, you own Alien, Predator, and Planet of the Apes properties. I'm just saying, I'd like to see all of that on screen. (laughs) At once. Yes, on the big screen. (laughs) Yes, in the same fucking movie. Like, give me apes killing, trying to kill aliens while predators are hunting them all. Yes, please. Please do. Just give me that. (laughs) Like, I would love that. With a CGI de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, that's, I mean, just give it to me. Like, give it yeah. to me all. I mean, the only yeah. thing you're missing is Terminator, and that's because you idiots sold the Terminator rights <laughs> forever ago. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, a- another thing that's really telling about Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is that um, Disney Fox uh, decided to release it next year, Memorial Day weekend, three weeks after Captain America premieres. That tells you a lot of the confidence that they have behind this movie. It's yeah. like, like you're saying, okay, so like our big release, our big May release, like I mean, we know is Captain America, right? Because like you know, it's just it's the 
it, like, you know, it's the first Captain America movie in 10 years by that point. Um, no, like a little less than 10 years um, with the new cap. And, you know, uh, we got old man Ford, like playing the president. I mean, which is kind of great. Um, the only time that they've recasted a second, like this is the second time they've recast. Um, but three weeks later, you're going to put Planet of the Apes, which is probably like if you're releasing it in theaters, that tells me that you feel that it's the most important thing that Fox has to offer. Um, the other one that I've been thinking about recently is Ice Age. Like, what do you do with Ice Age? Like, because that's a huge, that's a huge fucking thing, yeah, right? It was, a, it it was a pretty big franchise. Um, I mean, it kind of petered itself out, but uh, yeah, I mean, those three first three movies, or maybe even into the fourth, like made a shit ton of money. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you just not like, do, do you... anything with that? It feels weird not to do anything with that. But, I mean, how Shrek's right? been dormant for ever in a day. So, I mean, but, who's to say? But also, but also, like, we heard the news this week that Shrek 5 is being produced by um, Illumination. Illumination, like, yeah. DreamWorks is, DreamWorks is not folding necessarily, but they're... But they're not going to be—they're not going to be taking over the franchise because it's owned by Universal, which also gives me interesting, like, a fear that the next one that Universal Illumination is going to take over, which I don't know if they can handle, um, because it's such a DreamWorksy kind of property. And I know that sounds weird to say, um, in the same way that like it's like Disney has certain properties, but How to Train Your Dragon, like, is well, that they're, the they're doing a live—they're doing a live action. Oh, that's so. right. That's. That's right. Who's who's involved in that? Who's the director uh, the, of it? Because that worries uh, me. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's um, what's that dude? Chris McKay. Dean, yeah, um, and Dean, uh, whatever his name. So is. The, the original, the, yeah. the original guys from the first How to Train Your Dragon that went over to live action and failed miserably, and then come back to to, to animation. Um, okay. Because they did the Lego movie, which, I mean, you know, like, I, I think we've we've talked privately about how, like, I feel like the Lego movie is like a work of genius. Um, uh, and they also did the, the Lego Batman, which I know that we've both said is a great, like, kind of version of Batman. Um, but, okay, okay. That kind of scares me, though, because it's like, like, we kind of get into this, like... <laughs> Like there are a few, there are a few adaptations of animated films, and this is kind of a great segue to talk about um, something I wanted to talk about last week, or like we were talking about, which is, is there are very few animated series to live action that make that transition and manage to be separate entities of what they are and not a clone, and like. The one that I think of that's the, the the crown jewel is the one that you just wrote about on Friday, or the one that we just posted on Friday, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, like that's the standard. And if you can't do it as good as that one, right? Why yeah, do like? I I agree. Like it's uh, that that's your that's your north star. It's Dean DeBlois. Uh, that's that's who. I'm. Okay. Yeah. 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 That he is uh, behind that. I, I was scrambling to look it up. I was like, "What the hell?" It's like Dino something. It's Dean <laughs> Dino Di uh, Yeah, it's not that guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Dean Dubois. He is he is spearheading the 
live action How to Train Your Dragon. Um, uh, he also uh, is somewhat involved with the live action Lilo, Lilo and Stitch since we're talking about transitions to from that whole uh, thing. But th- I agree that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is is your north star like even if you're doing not doing actual creature effects like if it's cgi'd up whatever that's your north star like you gotta have that it's just gotta have a soul to it you know yeah and i don't know man like like there's certain things that i feel like 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 lilo and stitch is another one where i'm like like you're Okay, so like lightning in a bottle is almost impossible to do, right? Like any kind of thing. It's like, and when you do, it's just blind luck. And I know that you're trying to do this, but you know, I think that I feel like what's never talked about is the the after effects your bullshit has when you do a live action movie to the original property. Because I will tell you that I feel like everything, and I'm going to be, I'm doing a fire take here. Every fucking thing that Disney has done that has been live action to from animated to live action has sullied that version of the animated form because you decided to do something and it wasn't the classic that the original was. So Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, um, all of them, like the lion king especially the lion king the lion king's a big one for me like i I just i saw that and i was like "Ah, man i i can't it's like uh padme at the end of revenge of the sith like you're going down a dark path i can't follow (laughs) like yeah i I can't i can't go any further with this (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah and and Uh, lilo lilo and stitch will be the the when it if that's terrible, that will be me on the deathbed. Uh, actually, Tyler uh, Train Dragons, not Disney, but like those two. Yeah. If those are terrible, that will be this, the equivalent of Padme giving birth to twins and then dying of a broken heart. That will be me. <laughs> I'll be like, he died of a broken heart because like those two movies did not like they just were not good and like i'm really really hopeful for them you know because i i feel like of all the things like a live action how to train your dragon can be good like that could be good a live action lilo and stitch could be good however i don't well i I mean i don't know i we shit on the rock a lot in the last year i don't know that live action moana is like I don't know, man. Really? <laughs> it's yeah, I know. Like it. Okay, so like that's the thing is that it's like it's like like again the serpent eating its own tail. Like I'm like I okay. So like I understand conceptually why at this point the Rock forced the issue of Moana is because he needs to get people back into his good graces, right? Yeah, yeah. Between between this. And whenever they announce um, uh, Welcome to the or uh, Welcome to the Jungle Part Four, um, uh, Jumanji Part Four with Brendan Fraser in the cast and whoever else they're going to bring along, um, 
those are his kind of like licking his wounds, reapproaching things and saying, hey, guys, I'm not the egomaniac that you think that I am, that you heard about where I was trying to take over the, the DC universe, even though I fucking was. I'm yep. still a nice guy. Um, like, I think that the moment that that started was that whole crayon moment with his daughters that I sent you that I could not yes. stop laughing at. I'm all this motherfucker trying to go back and trying to win us our good graces, even though I'm just laughing at you going, you dummy. Um, but yeah, the Moana thing is like, like, it's just all of it. It's like, okay, so how to train your dragon. I'm very protective of that. Even though I've never talked to you about it. Like I'm very protective of that, of that series. Like I can't even watch the first movie now because my, my dog passed away and it was like our thing to like, just have it on in the background, like during our Saturday and just kind of like, enjoy it like Pliskin died and man I tried to watch that I, I tried to watch it when you wrote about it and bro I was just crying the entire damn time as soon as Toothless shows up yeah. that's how special that movie is as a 45 year old or 44 year old man who's almost 45 sat there in a bucket of fucking tears because it gets the relationship between somebody who's broken and I'm, I'm trying really hard not to cry somebody who's broken and uh, an animal that helps you through that brokenness. And I don't think that people truly understand how weirdly specific that is, but universal that is, and how hard of a how hard of a thing it's an ineffable magic trick that that movie pulls off. But not only that, all three of those goddamn movies pull it off, right? Like all of them pull it off. They do like that that trilogy is perfect. And you're telling me, oh, okay, well, we're gonna make a live action version of it because Game of Thrones and Dragons. That's literally like I feel like the reason why they're doing this. And that scares the shit out of me, man. Like it always scares me when you take a property that was perfectly fine. You could re-release those movies in the theater and you'd make a shit ton of money. Like Disney used to do. Why not just continue to do that? I mean, right? Yeah. Um take them off a of service. Like, you know, like Disney, like I never understood this. Like you want to make money off of Lilo and Stitch, take it off the goddamn service, let it wait around for a year and then re-release it and go Lilo and Stitch back in theaters. The way I mean, that, that's the it. way, that's the way it used to be, you know? Uh, yeah. I was just talking about this uh, with uh, Jess on our Ted Lasso podcast. And she ah, was like okay. the, the first movie that she saw in theaters was Bambi. I was like, what? She was like, obviously it was a re-release. I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, we get stuff like that now. Like Empire is coming back to theaters for a couple of Jedi. days. Uh, or yeah, yeah, Jedi. Sorry. Because uh, it's the 40th anniversary. Um, I think Return of the King is coming back for its yes. uh, one of its anniversaries. 30th. Yeah. It's its 30th, which makes... Or, I'm sorry, the 20th, which 20th, makes me feel yeah. super fucking old. Um, so, yeah, like, we get that every now and then, um, and, like, occasionally around, like, Halloween, some, some horror movie or another will play, um, but, like, it, that used to be, like, a thing, you know? Like, yeah. Once, once every two or three years, like, those touchstone movies would get re-released in theaters, and, I mean, I just kind of miss that, especially when it's, like, uh there's not much going on in theaters. Like the first few months of the year, it's like, it'd be great to be able to go see Lilo and Stitch or the original Lion King or Jurassic Park or um, Star yeah. Wars or like anything. 
that that's like, oh yeah, we gotta go see that in the theater, you know, um, yeah. or sh- shit that I never got to see in the theater, you know, because we Absolutely. we I don't live in L.A. There's not a new Beverly theater near me. I'm yeah. like Citizen Kane is not gonna be like playing some art house thing where I'm like, ooh, I get to go see a 35 millimeter print of Citizen Kane, you know. I'd pay 15 bucks to go see somebody stream on the big screen a, 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 a Blu-ray copy of Citizen Kane, you know, just yeah, to be like, yeah, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I wish they would do stuff like that. Um, like, yeah, rather than spending $150 million on something that like could or could is the roll of the dice. It's just like, and like, and here's the finer point. Which I always find ironic is that these movies are so fucking dependent on CGI that they're no, they're about the same. Like, other than the live action characters, and even then, like you hear about some of the shit, the digital augmentation they did to, like, say, Beauty and the Beast. That movie is almost a hundred percent CGI. So, yeah. if it's computer animated, if it's animated in the computer in three D. There's no difference between that and the animated cell, the cell animated version of Beauty and the Beast, right? Like, yeah. all you're doing is just like, I just don't understand. It's like you calling it a live action, like, like, I don't consider the, the, what they call the live action Lion King a live action because, yeah, it's just, it's all it's, CGI. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's exactly. nothing, li- there's no live action anything in it. Like, what some of the, like, uh establishing shots because you went to africa and shot some footage uh, i mean okay i guess yeah but even then those like from what i understand those are so augmented because they have to look like the the live action equi- or photorealistic equivalent of what was in what was originally drawn in the lion king like you know like pride rock and shit and i'm just like i you know, I just don't understand. Like, I like I understand filmmakers taking these things on because if you want to play in the big sandbox, you have to actually do this, right? That's why you get that's how you get Academy Award winning um director Barry Jenkins to do Lion King Part Two, which is a prequel. Um, that's how you get him to do it because it's a $250 million movie and like, you know, every director, whether they're lying or like, they're fucking lying to you if they're saying that they don't want to play in that big sandbox. Because every single one of them, every single director wants to play in a big sandbox. Because why don't you? Like, it's like, that's a that's a form of filmmaking as much as like an indie black and white, like, you know, two actors in one room is is a piece of is a certain kind of muscular filmmaking this is a muscular piece of filmmaking um i just don't get it like i i don't get how we are at this point i know how we are because it's all it's all based off of trends and and whatever whatever the secret magic box of numbers tell you streaming numbers tell you oh well you know we had 85 million streams of the lion king so we should redo that like i guarantee you it's all based off of metrics from disney yeah. plus oh every everybody loved lilo and stitch so let's redo that well you know everybody's like i guarantee you in the next two years Encanto is going to be a live action why because it's the biggest thing on disney right and they just want to wait just enough time to do a live action version of it and it's like 
come on, guys. You can, like, you know, you don't have to do this all the time. You can just fucking just re-release it in theaters. Or, you know, like, I don't know. It just it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that I think that we're going through where like we're where we're where the cycle to recycle things is getting shorter. Yeah, it's it's it, <laughs> you're right. So it, it's it's a uh, it it's very strange because in our lifetimes, like we've we've seen technology advance so fucking much in our 40 something years i mean not Mm -hmm. that's not to say that our our parents haven't seen it even more so because like computers were the size of rooms when my dad was a kid you know yeah um but uh you know we've seen it like and we're seeing it advance so quickly i mean it's doubling like doubling down like every year at this point you know like uh, when 15 years ago a terabyte of something was astronomical and unfathomable unfathomable to me and you like holy yeah. shit like a terabyte like what the fuck like no man like i you know you're talking about if you needed that much space you're talking about a few thousand dollars and now it's not even a few hundred dollars um a, a yep. fucking uh TV is thin as uh, like a uh, leaflet of paper at Walmart is, you know, 65 inches and costs you less than $300. It's insane. And it really is right. Release windows for movies. We used to have to wait. I I talked about this uh, talking when we were talking about uh, the, the 94 movies how I didn't see most of those big movies until probably close to 96, maybe even 97, because they were in theaters for a year and a half, you know? And so home video releases weren't until, you know, almost two years after they debuted in theaters. And now release windows are barely two months. And so as all that shrinks, as all of that come, you're right in that like this revisiting thing is also i mean maybe it just sounds like paranoid shit but like i feel like that's also part of it it's like our attention span has become like like so short for those things that it's like yeah oh oh yeah we can have a new spider-man two years from now when it used to be like no 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 we can't have an like we can recast Batman, but we can't like reboot the franchise. People still remember the old movies, and now it's just like, yeah, that movie was two years ago. Nobody fucking remembers that. Let's just reboot it. Yeah, well, which is wild, right? Like, like, like when a problem comes up, rather than just letting it rest and figure it out, just recast. I mean, it's how we in twenty years have three Spider Man. 20 yeah. years, three Spider-Mans. Um, in 20 years, we've had, let's see, so three, so like Val Kilmer. Oh, let's see, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, Robert Pattinson. Five. Five Batmans. Five Batmans. Like, that's just film Batmans. That's not considering animated Batmans uh, from 
like like in the various formats like i mean like a batman was uh, you could um, technically count that it was released in theaters so we'll learn that okay so six (laughs) yeah six batmans um (laughs) you know six batmans like i just i look at that and i'm just like that's eating its own tail like i i I, like i've told you before my biggest fear and it's gonna happen i know it's gonna happen like i feel like by 2028, when the 50th anniversary of Star Wars happens, that's when they're going to announce that they're redoing the original trilogy. Yeah, and I, it's, it's that's going to blow my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you, you'll remember this. I, I mean, in 1988, they announced it, it, we're getting all this info about Warner Brothers is doing the Batman movie, and yep, like. There were, of course, the internet wasn't really a thing back then, but, like, I knew people that was, like, uh, so they're going to put Adam West? They're going to make a a Batman movie with Adam West? That show hadn't been on the air in 25 years. Um, Yeah. You know, maybe not quite that long, but uh, over 20 years. And, like, uh, it was on TV because it's still in reruns, but... Like, that's the way we thought that, like, oh, well, Adam West is Batman. So if you're making a Batman movie, Adam West must be Batman. Um, Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, they're making a Batman movie? Well, who's going to play Batman this time? Like, you know, it's James Bond, but worse. Like, you know. It really is. It really is. At least we get four or five movies out of each Bond, you know. It's it's insane. Um, I mean, sometimes for the better, and it works out great. But yeah, like for the remakes, especially like that window has shrunk so far. You know, like you said, not just three different Spider Men in twenty years, three different franchises. (laughs) Yeah. Three entirely different franchises that approach the character very differently. Which I mean, I understand different artists, different writers. Like there's a there's a wealth of like you know the fifty the sixty plus years of Spider Man. There's a wealth of material there that can be drawn from, right? But ultimately, I'm like, there's so much that like there's so much out there that can be done that can that we can do that doesn't have to be remakes and we're choosing not to do that because you're 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 trying to guarantee like like here's the thing is that they're trying to guarantee success but here's the thing that i ultimately go yeah but you know what the thing is is that this doesn't guarantee success we've seen reboots happen we've seen reimaginations that nobody wants to fucking see and like no matter what you try to do, you try to justify it and go, oh well, you know, it just wasn't the time for this reboot. And it's like, no, nobody wanted it in the first place. And you just thought that people loving, like, okay, so like, people, here's the thing that I people I'm, love Ghostbusters. Let's make a new Ghostbusters yeah. movie. What if we did it with an all female cast? Like, the thing about that movie isn't like the all female cast and the like that. None of that is what makes that movie not work. It's just not very yeah. good. It's just not very good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and like, but then you reboot it again and then you go, oh, okay, well, let's go ahead and bring all the old men back. 
in two minutes and you make it into a Spielberg movie, which Ghostbusters never was a Spielberg movie. Yeah. So, okay. And that kind of, okay, kind of works. But at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, come on. It's like the thing that I'm really worried about is this stupid fucking Back to the Future musical. Like, we already know that, that that's probably the way that they're going to remake it. They're going to remake yeah. Back to the Future. Because they, they have had such a boner to make remake that goddamn series. Like, every time some kid comes along that kind of resembles Mikey J. Fox, they're yep. like, oh, well, let's, like, you know, let's think about this. I mean, Tom Holland was the one, the last yep. one. Everybody was like, oh, yes. Um, but now with this musical, they found the way to, like, and I hope it's like I know it sounds shitty, but I hope it's terrible. Like I really do, because I don't. I don't want it to succeed. Because I don't want to remake. Like nobody in this godforsaken universe wants a wants a reboot of Back to the Future, other than the studio executives that think that they're going to make a billion dollars off of it. It's the only people. Yeah. Same with Jaws. Yeah. Like I just don't get it, man. Like I don't get why. Like, you know, it's like the the remake culture to me is so stupid. It especially when you figure that that's basically telling somebody you're creatively bankrupt. You have to do this thing. And it's not even like like I was so like like here's an interesting thing. Joe Dante um, on his podcast that he has, he made like a really salient point, which is, is he's like, you know. I never understood remaking a great movie because a great movie is a successful thing, right? Like, you know, it's the reason why it's great. Why aren't we remaking the movies that just didn't like they were 80% there. And that's a great concept, right? Like do something that like almost was successful, but then look back on it and make an improvement to it. Like figure out where you went wrong, where they went wrong and make a better movie, right? Um, Like, that's that's kind of, like, a great thing, right? Like, I feel like that's a great thing. Like, if it's it's casting, if it's something, like, do anything and just kind of take approach to it and go, huh, this could be done. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, As much as I like the last Boy Scout, the last Boy Scout as a concept works but it doesn't like there's certain things about it that could make it a lot more successful specifically the football gambling aspect like you can take that concept now and kind of flip it on its ear and make it even better because more people watch football uh, now than they did back in 88 89 like which is crazy to say but like there you go right there you can take something that's beloved but Everybody knows that it's it's okay, but it's not like there. Are, like if you look at it, there are specific problems, especially with the mystery and everything, right? Um, and then update it to today, and make it very salient, and still be as like you know, still be as good and crackling as it is, but just recast it with other people. Um, that would be like a great entryway, and like again. Last Boy Scout, even though I love that movie and I adore that movie, it is, I know that it is only like an, maybe a 75 to 80% successful movie, right? Um, but people don't want to do that. I don't know why, but like, like that's a genius idea by Joe Dante, but they don't. 
they don't want that. They want to like, let's go ahead and remake the, let's like, you know, let's remake, let's remake Jaws. Why the fuck would you want to remake Jaws? Well, the shark doesn't work. Are you kidding me? That's the exact reason why that fucking movie works. You know, we've already seen what happened. We already seen what happens when you, when you show the shark all the time. And as much as I love the movie, Deep Blue Sea is no Jaws. No, no. And that's and that's exactly what it would be if fucking they decided to remake Jaws. It would be Deep Blue Sea Part Two. You know, and uh, I don't know. I just don't get it. It's like uh, I, I I'm yeah. looking at a list of box office bombs, and I mean, you're like you're on the money because I'm just looking <laughs> at this list. Okay, like even going huh? back to like the '60s, you have. Uh, like Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle, yeah, is on here twice as box office bomb. It's the '67 and then the uh, Robert Downey Jr. recent version. Yeah, both like yeah. tons of money spent on those movies bombed completely. How like how have we not been able to make that concept work? Like, do like figure that out. Um, Kroll in 1983, huge box yeah. office bomb. Like. But there's a lot there, man. The Adventures of Baron mm-hmm. Munchausen, box office bomb. But there's something there. Uh, Cutthroat Island was a huge bomb, but like you could argue that, like, well, but we know you can make good pirate movies because we've seen a couple. Like it just, yeah, you know, you have to kind of do it right. Um, uh, Sphere, like that's one that, like, oh. you know, and that that's yeah. a Michael Crichton story, you know. Um, let's see what else is on here. Battlefield Earth. I don't know if you can ever go to that well again, just because of no. the L. Ron Hubbard of it all. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Titan AE, like oh, yeah. huge animated bomb. But like, there's a lot in that concept, man, that you could mm-hmm. mine for something. Uh, Final Fantasy, like they've never revisited that well. After uh, the spirits within failed, um, yeah, and why not? Hudson like, Hawk. yeah, <laughs> well, like you're right. Like, why not? I mean, like, like you said, like Hudson Hawk is another one where uh, it's interesting because it's like, like, like the concept of a of a cat burglar getting involved in like you know in like international espionage. That's that's a great concept, right? Like you were saying, like. I mean, there are a lot of things out here, right? John like, Carter uh, and the Long Ranger both. Like, huge yeah. bombs for oh, Disney. Wow. Like, within a year. Of, like, I, actually, I think in the same year, right? But both mm-hmm. of those are very good concepts that could succeed either in television or movie form. But, like, we're not talking about those because they were such big bombs. But like, there's a lot in those concepts that that could easily be done, you know? I, I, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, I I I don't know, man. You know, <sighs> it, it's it's one of those. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I often look at and I just go, um, I don't get. I don't get the the concept of like, you know, like you said, like, like we said, putting all this money into something that's already successful. And what you're doing is basically diminishing the brand. But 
at the same time, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, um, it doesn't matter because like, you know, they feel like people like essentially like, I feel like, like it's the thing that I always felt about executives. Uh, uh, like, you know, I always feel about executives is that they, they feel like that audience, that, that audiences are the stupidest, stupidest people in the world. And they have to be force fed things to want to go see them, which is not the truth. Right. Um, yeah. but, but, it makes their job easier to just say that these people are stupid and let's just redo the thing that was a hit 20 years ago because, you know, we have the streaming numbers to show that it's, it's successful. And I mean, you know, it doesn't help whenever they try to do something original, like it fails. And when it fails, that's what they look at and go, Oh, well, you know, you see original movie, original content is failing. And it's like, well, you didn't put any money behind it. You just kind of dumped it out there, and like the like the meme, do something, do yeah. something. Or when so, it succeeds, they take the wrong lessons. Like it, it's uh-huh. so uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Huge success, critically loved, tons of awards. It made money, and what probably the studio bros see is like, oh shit, people are really in to like parallel alternate universe stuff like we got to make more of that yes people are into that like it is a big thing right now with the dc stuff and the marvel stuff and that did it and like there's other shows and movies that explores those concepts somewhat successfully but that's not why that movie works it works because there's a lot of heart and soul in that movie so you're taking the wrong lessons. <laughs> like, Literally. Um, yeah. They, they just, I, yeah. I don't understand. Well, because you can't quantify, like, a, a, like a, a studio bro can't, like, quantify, can't quantify, well, it's about a mother, a mother and daughter relationship built around this esoteric sci-fi action drama a dramedy satire like cinematic stew that just gives you everything like it says gives you everything um everywhere and all at once like it does everything like you can't you can't tell like they can't just say oh well let's just do that rather than just looking at the concept of you know what highly talented filmmakers that made a uh a movie about a farting corpse and they like they're super supremely interesting filmmakers let's see what other weird supremely interesting filmmakers are out there and see what they have as a concept for a movie and go okay well that's wild i can't give you 150 million dollars to do your uh to do your like you know um i don't know like you know your your version of the 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 hangover in space but what i can do is give you 25 million to do it and if you can figure it out you figure it out and we're going to just try to do it with 25 million low stakes but we'll 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 have something super unique and we'll fucking promote the shit out of it um i would straight up watch the hangover in space yeah i would do like (laughs) (laughs) i totally would watch that in space like like that that concept is kind of like that that's something that like you know what Todd Phillips like 
don't give me well yeah i kind of do want the lady gaga's harlequin like joker musical i'm i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna lie man that kind of concept it's is kind of int- yeah it is intriguing enough that like even despite my complete distaste of the joker i'm just yeah. like okay i i I would have watched this anyway just because I'm such a glutton for like, oh, it's based on a comic book, so I should support (laughs) it. But like, you were already going to get my money at least once or or a a Blu-ray purchase or whatever. But like, you piqued my interest when you were like, no, it's a musical, man. And and we got Lady Gaga's Harley Quinn. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go. But, like, please don't fuck this up. Like, please make it better and less, like, I want to kill myself when I leave the theater. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, like, here's a little thing that I feel like, like, so the thing that convinced me was Gaga. Because, to be perfectly honest, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of her music. Like, I like her music. I'm not a diehard. I'm not a, a monster. Like, you know, they're, they're all called little monsters. I guess that's yeah. the fandom thing. Like, like Swifties. But I, I mean, if I was going to be something, I wouldn't be a Swiftie. I would totally be a little monster. Um, uh, but man, that, that lady, she can act her ass off. She's just as good of an actor as she is a singer. Uh, so when you cast her as Harlequin, even though we have, a harlequin already we actually have two harlequins right talk about fucking re- or talk about triplicates right talk about copying a copy of a copy um yeah but but just the mere fact that you did it specifically because because you needed somebody that is actually of gaga's talents because you have joaquin phoenix and regardless of what people think of joaquin phoenix he's a fucking troubling genius right like i am super excited to go see bo is afraid um because it's just it's like you know you have i mean it's it's walking phoenix you should be excited about it right a three-hour movie comedy about like a mama's boy trying to go see his mother and having anxiety attacks i i don't know of anything more like oddly fitting for for him and our age that we have like a three-hour movie about a mama's boy who's afraid to go see his mom and all the panic induced dread. I mean, that's like, that's like Gen Z, the movie, but anywho, but you need somebody of that kind of talent, but in a different way. And I guarantee you like this whole musical thing is going to fucking, it's going to be wild. But, um, but back to my point, which is, is that like those kinds, those are the kinds of ballsy concepts that you need now. Like, at least to me, like in an era where we're looking at just recycled ho hum, like I feel like they're not giving the audience who like are used to strange and unusual because they go down four hour TikTok holes or four hour like Instagram holes of like 20 second to 30 second videos that constantly change. Like sometimes they're like heartwarming things, other times they're laughter, another time they're upsetting. Like audiences are prepared for like things like everything everywhere and all at once like we're designed for it now because that's how we ingest things better or for yeah. worse right and and i don't know man like it's like take like 
I'm both hopeful, like I know it sounds stupid, but I am both hopeful and also dreading because we see the we see it. Like Bo is afraid is a thing, like right? Like Ari Aster, man, that dude is fucking wild, right? Like we have certain directors that are doing wild things, like the Daniels, like Ari Aster. Um like uh like uh what's their uh what's his name that did uh Oh man, uh, I mean Todd Phillips. He's doing these Joker movies. Like, as much as I dislike the disgusting grime of Joker, and it's kind of on the nose bullshit. To be perfectly honest, like it, I rewatched it recently. Man, does that movie hit hard? It may be comical. It may be fucking stupid trash, but the concept of the rich continue to eat at the end—that oh, whole yeah. weirdness—that fucking plays hard now like even more so than when it first was released right um but it's like that's the kind of risks you want that's the kind of risks that you need because people will attach themselves to this kind of stuff um and again like i'm all for that like like i said like i love the fact that we're getting like i said like it's a weird concept right a three-hour movie starring Joaquin Phoenix at different ages. Like they're using that digital de-aging shit. And all it is, is about the trip that he takes to go see his mother. And he's so panic and anxiety induced. It creates this weird trippy universe as he goes through it. I've got nothing. Like that's a con, like if I can't think of a concept like this, like if I can't think of it up in my head and it's presented to me, like that's the kind of film that I want to see, right? Like I want to see yeah. something that I feel like I couldn't make myself. Um, you know, along with the normal junky stuff that I like. Like you know, I mean, who doesn't like it? Who doesn't like a good, like a good famous star bacon western cheeseburger, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, who but you can't subsist on that. Like that, yeah. That's the thing. It's like exactly. all we're getting is junk food in cinemas and it's just like oh okay like you know yeah. i'll i'll show up for the i'll show up for that but like when that's all i'm getting like i'm only gonna show up for like you know the once in a while junk food that, that i'm like oh yeah i know that's gonna be really really good you know yeah. i'm not gonna <laughs> show up for every weekend for all the junk food because it's just like i don't know man i'm kind of tired of that junk you know yeah. and then you're like oh yeah but we have like white chocolate red velvet cheesecake something something i'm like oh yeah that sounds delicious i'll be there for that but then next week you're like well we got uh you know m&ms and skittles and it's like eh, i don't know man i can get m&ms and skittles at home like I i'm not coming exactly. out for that so exactly <laughs> so like that's a, like the perfect that is like the perfect analogy to what we're getting right now um i mean like it just is a like a reference point like we uh did you did you end up watching cocaine bear uh no i i wound up falling down this rabbit hole of i won't get too into the weeds i okay my I, i've been using laptops for years now just to record and yeah. everything because and so my com my actual computer tower has not gotten any use. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to plug it up, turn it on. So uh, when you don't do that for years, 
like there's a lot of things that <laughs> you is like oh shit like there there's years of updates that have not been yes. installed and like so I, I went down this rabbit hole of getting my tower back working uh which is what i'm recording on now just to to see if uh hopefully everything comes out smoothly because i have not used this thing in years um but uh so yeah that's basically what i did last night um i did uh binge watch all of uh the new net new ish netflix series with uh rob Lowe, unstable oh yes how is that how like i i liked it okay how is his son because it's like like okay so guys like the concept is is that um Rob Lowe and his son are in this like comedy that's kind of based off of certain aspects of Rob Lowe's life, um, but they repurposed it for like a tech company, right? Like a tech dev company that he's he's the head of, like a kooky kind of Elon Musk CEO, correct? Sorry, I think I muted myself. <laughs> I blew myself. Um, <laughs> um, arrested development reference. Uh, um, so he, uh, it starts out like shortly after uh, the wife slash mother has died. So they have this like weird, a strange relationship. He's a very successful, like, uh, Elon Musk is a pretty good comparison because he's kind of got a hand in everything. And then his son mm -hmm. is uh, like has never really been able to live up to that. So he's kind of tried to forge his own path. And they, uh, the dad, because of the death of the wife slash mother, um, uh, Rob Lowe's character has kind of gone over the edge where he's just kind of lost it. And so... Okay. Uh, the his kind of right hand woman brings in the son back. He's like, you gotta come. Like your dad's gonna lose his company if you don't come back and like help us get him back to reality. And so yeah, it's all about like that. Um, but they try to in, infuse it with some like sitcom trope type things. Um, I think it's. Okay. I think his son is an okay actor. I, I think he's a really good writer, though. Like, I think oh. um, he, he's been writing he on. Uh, yeah, uh, they they co-created it and wrote a lot of it together um, along with oh, okay. somebody else who's pretty notable. And I'm drawing a blank on that now. Um, but his son has been a writer on whatever 911 show that he's on, like. Houston 911, oh, uh, whatever. It's uh, Lone Star. Yeah, Lone Star yes. uh, 911. Uh, his son yeah. has been a writer on that show for uh, a couple of years now, I think. Um, and I, I guess that's probably where this developed from, was them being okay. like creatively on set together. Um, it, it's it's pretty good. Like it, it's not it's not gonna like blow your mind or anything but uh for what it is i think it's very solid it's it's a really easy watch like it, it, there's no like huge emotional commitment to it or anything 
Um, okay. I enjoyed it. I enjoy Ravelo. Yeah, it's kind of nice in a. He's he's very he's very much like RDJ, and then like there was that time where we were all like, "This guy, man, like, yeah." He's, uh, <laughs> and the first sex tape. He yeah. was he was the first sex tape. Remember, like he was like like it, only Rob Lowe back in the 1980s would be the Kim Kardashian of the yeah. 1980s and have a sex tape that everybody was interested in. Like, you know, but I mean, you know, like of, of that era, like, it's really weird to say this, but I mean, Rob Lowe was like one of the, was like the Brad Pitt of his era. Like he was seriously that good. Look, I mean, shit, he's what, 60 years old and he fucking looks the way uh, that he does. He still looks incredible. Yeah. Like the whole yeah. show, I'm just like, how does he still look this good, man? Like, yeah, he I, looks I, like he's aged 15 years since St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> And that was like literally 35 like, like years so ago. much so much so that in his mid 50s we believed that in parks and rec he was having a relationship with a woman that was literally close to 30 years his junior yeah like like that's how good like that's how good looking rob Lowe is but like the weirder concept to me is that is that he was that good looking but he's also that good of an actor that we've yeah. we've managed to like he's managed to traverse 35 to 40 years of pop culture and still be relevant like yeah. every decade he has something that makes him relevant and this this decade he has two things he has that 911 show that everybody fucking loves um you know like but then everybody loves Ryan Murphy stuff right like yeah. like uh, like that we heard that announcement and i'm not gonna watch it even though i love american horror story i'm not gonna watch the kim kardashian one because i'm just yeah. not a kim kardashian fan um though like when i first saw the whole like trailer for it i was like emma roberts okay i'm fucking in this motherfucker come on really kim kardashian like bad enough we have to like deal with the reality series all the time kind of be 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 but now i have to like deal with her in like narrative stuff Ah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, no, he, like, I'm, I'm actually that makes me want to watch it because that's something on my list. And like we've talked about, um, the list is always something that you know we're we're, yeah. we're you're you're trying not to waste your time. Like ultimately, right? Like we're both always trying to not waste our time on stupid stuff and like you know or inconsequential stuff. And so like it becomes this whole thing of like navigating. Like um, I just started the Joel McHale stuff. Uh, the Joe McHale show. Um, yeah. What was it? Animal Control. Yeah. It, it, it you does said it take better. a few episodes, but it does get better. Uh, I, I had a, uh, a similar something like uh, a few months ago. I mentioned watching Hit Monkey, and you're like, "Oh, wait till you watch yes. Modoc." Well, I don't. I don't think I ever talked about it, but I watched the first episode of Modoc on Hulu, and I, like, I, <laughs> I didn't really do anything for me. I was like, eh, "Oh, really? This is okay." And I just didn't go back to it. Well, uh, my my uh, show that uh, I go through the like these 20, 30 minute shows where I, that's what I bike to. Like I do the stationary yeah. bike, just watch an episode. And I, I ran out of short shows. I was like, OK, I'm going to watch the second episode of Modoc. And I was like, oh, this is better. And I, I've made it to three or four now. Um the so the episode where they they travel through time through time 
Yes. Is pretty funny. But whatever episode it is, however many I'm into, nothing has topped the episode where he's trying to get into the club and they won't let him in. They oh, tell him shit. to go steal Captain America's shield. And then he shit, goes yes. to the bar with no name and recruits a Like, that's a fucking. It's so funny and so brilliant. And I'm just like, yeah, this is the kind of shit that I want. Like, this is really, right. really good. It, it, I mean, we're talking about The Hangover, and, I mean, that movie has its problems, but it is kind of like a Hangover-esque, like, you set up this, like, thing, but then it becomes this, like, series of events where, like, shit just goes completely sideways. Like, the they go to that pawn shop, and Armadillo sees the ring, and he's like, that's the ring that, you know, my... I gave to my fiance. She pawned it, and then like, then they got to chase him back to his like his girlfriend's house, and then you know <laughs> they TP the house, and then, like it's so like it's it's rabbit holes, which is I mean what we do every week. But like I yeah. loved that episode. Like if I had watched that first, I would have been like all in on the show from the jump. Um, the the kid stuff gets a little much from like i don't really get into like his his family stuff just seems like eh, i don't know i like it when it's all about his work and like the other bad guys and um although uh what's his name is the voice of his son i love that dude um john yes well like his family yeah um uh sonic yeah (laughs) uh um, I can't think of it. Oh shit! I can't even think of his name. Um, ben Jesus, something or other. <laughs> yeah, Ben Schwartz. Ben yeah. Schwartz. Uh, ben Schwartz. But but it's also like it's just weird having like it's kind of great because it's just it's the right. It, it's exactly what you would expect from a show created by Patton Oswalt. Like it's this weird kind of like combination of like super grounded almost embarrassing family stuff mixed in with like this weird side comic side quest bullshit which it is bullshit but i say it in the best possible way yeah yeah. because it's like the time travel thing it's like that's the episode that hooked me that's the one that i went oh fuck this is something special because he's taking concepts and he's just like he's he's doing what Patton Oswalt does best, right? Like, like I full well expect in the next 20 years that his whole thing from Parks and Rec, you remember his, his, yes. uh, <laughs> like, well. like everybody remembers it. Like, like it's, it's, like, it's, it's going like, to happen. We, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's coming. And in, in like, like I said, 20 years, it's coming because like, you know, it, it really, like, I don't even, I can't even, I, I can't say anything other than that. But um, I also do love, uh, like, Melissa Fumero, um, uh, like, as as wife. Like, it's kind yeah. of great. Um, that that kind of, like, the whole the whole concept is kind of brilliant. But John, you are John right. Daly is, as the super adaptoid, th- that is the one thing about the first episode that, that made me laugh. Him as the super adaptoid, it was... So when his daughter's like, dad, the toaster's talking to me again. (laughs) It's like, I'm more than just a toaster. (laughs) Well, 
Like I, that and was then also like funny. you. Well, and then you get people like like okay, so like John Hamm is Tony Stark Iron Man is kind of like the most brilliant version of John uh, of when uh, of he Tony shows Stark up at that asshole as the aim. I oh, I also like that like aim gets bought out because like I'm currently dealing with that in my own life. Um, yes, and so yeah, aim getting bought out and then them having that like that like thing and Iron Man is the guest speaker. And- and it's just a hologram. That was pretty funny. I mean, like, and then you've got Bill Hader, uh, like, um, uh, Alan Tudyk. Like, any animated show, if it doesn't have fucking Alan Tudyk in it, I'm not. I like, you know, I don't think it's doing its job. Um, uh, but, like, Alan Tudyk playing somebody completely different as Arcade um, than he does in, uh, than he does as Clayface in, in Harlequin. Um, which, can we just talk about, like, the fact that Batman Two is supposedly has Clayface as a as a bad guy, and I'm I mean, not I would sure. Love, love that. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, I don't know how you get around Alan Tudyk for certain fans because he so decimated that character yeah. into being this weird ass actorly actor. Um, that's hilarious. Like he's one of the funniest parts. Him and Bane are like side side quest side characters are hilarious in that show. Um, but like Alan Tudyk, like I mean, just the the level of like I don't know, like it's just like the level of like care and fuckery that they do in this show that I love. Like it, it like takes like stupid concepts from family and then turns them into superhero things that go off a deep end that is just like, man, like uh, Patton Oswalt has been thinking about this for a long time. At least to me, it feels like he's been thinking about it for a long time. And the only sad part to me is, is that we're not going to get another season. Yeah. Mm. You know, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad that you enjoyed like just how stupid it is. It's so fucking yeah. funny. Um, I'm a, I'm uh i'll close to halfway through probably and yeah like okay. i i hate that i didn't stick with it initially and uh you know i'm glad i like eventually found my way back to it um but you you did you watch cocaine bear yes i did yes i did um it was a thing speaking um, of directors so- that are taking chances like there's not a movie that screams like oh it's directed by her <laughs> Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Uh, okay, so it's smarter than you think it would be, uh, because, like, because of the simple fact that I feel like Chris, uh, Chris Miller, uh, or uh, Lord and Miller, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, um, produced it, and they, it, it's the right kind of, like, this thing could be Snakes on a Plane, but it's not. Like, Snakes on a Plane is like, you know. It would help if it was a good movie, like, you know, not just a trailer. Like, it's okay, but it's not great. Like, Cocaine Bear has this thing where it's actually a movie. Like, it actually, like, it takes reference from, like, Jaws and all the other killer animal movies. So there's a, there's a story. It's just done with, like, this twinge of horror comedy that you're not expecting but you are like this is the kind of movie that has kids eating cocaine like and like as a joke 
and it's actually funny and it's not troubling because of the way that they approach it. Um, it's also like super fucking gory, but it's funny gory. Mm-hmm. There's a moment there's a moment where you know the kind of movie that you're in for and you're going to either be okay with it or not okay with it where in a 2 minute sequence Margot Martindale gets her ass bit by the cocaine bear and proceeds to run away with her ass hanging out with a bite mark on it and another moment where um uh who's the um God, what's his name? Uh, I'll look it up really quick. Um, where uh, a character uh, played by, oh, what's his name from, from uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Oh, shit, uh, he's in it? A ch- yeah, yeah, he's in it. Like, that's the kind of movie it is. Like, it, it's it's got, like, he's in it, and he runs up. Okay, it, it, it's the type of movie that has Matthew Reese who was in the Americans as a, in a cameo that he shows up for like three seconds, but you don't know it's him unless you can look at him and go, Oh, he's wearing a mustache. That's, uh, that's Matthew Reese. Um, it's that kind of movie, but like within that two minute sequence, after she gets bit in the ass, Jesse Tyler Ferguson in a tree, cocaine bear goes up a tree, bites his leg as he's upside down, proceeds to bleed all over himself, screaming bloody murder, while kids and other people are watching, screaming in horror, and just drops down like a sack of meat. Like, it's that kind of kind of playing with tone, but I will tell you, I know it sounds terrifying, uh, like that sounds like gross and terrifying. I don't know what kind of magic that Elizabeth Banks did, but the way that it presents itself tonally it works because it's not only terrifying but you kind of laugh like we were sitting there laughing at this thing than when it was happening because it's just you don't expect it um it's it's good it's not great um but i don't think that a movie named cocaine bear should be great um it's the kind of thing you want to watch for the couple of people and just have a good time you know you don't want it to you don't need it to like change your worldview on drugs (laughs) and i will tell you this much if this is ray liotta's last movie that gets released it's a hell of a way to go it is oh it isn't no um i i was i was gonna ask you about this um so uh he has um I think one more movie coming. Uh, Because we we talked about this last week. Charlie Day wrote and directed a movie called Fool's Paradise. Yes, he did. That's right. Where he plays another actor. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I mean, what a cast. Jason Bateman, Jason Sudeikis, and Ray Liotta, Kate Beckinsale, Adrian Brody, like Jillian Bell. Um E. Falco, yeah, John, John Malkovich. Malkovich, yeah. Uh, it, it's such wow. a such a good cast, and I saw him talking about it, um, and talking about it being uh, Ray Liotta's final performance, and how uh, just upsetting it was that he was like he didn't get to see the finished project, um, 
So it made me really excited to see it. And then also talking about the cast, like, I mean, you can go to IMDb and look it up. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, of course, like uh, a couple of the like Glenn Howerton is there. And I think um, Jimmy Simpson, Jimmy uh, Simpson is also in it. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Uh, Simpson from like, I mean, they're all from It's Always Sunny. Like, you know, of course, you like you hope that they they team up just because the chemistry there, um, but you never know. Uh, the uh, so um, yeah, no, no. His, his, I saw it. I'm sure his wife is in it too. Uh, the the waitress. Um, yes. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Ellis something. Mary Ellis. Uh, something like uh, Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth Ellis. Yeah. Which, uh, which is always funny that like. Like they were, they're married and like they hate each other on the show, or she hates him so much on the show. Um, but she's yeah, in, she's, she's in un, she's in Unstable too. She's really funny and Unstable. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. I like it. Um, I'll have to. She's actually in a show that I really, really adore uh, called Lodge Forty Nine. Who had? Um, and the only reason why I started watching it was because. Wyatt Russell is in it um, because, you know, I'm always going to support the Russells. Uh, but it ended up being like this really wonderful, weird Lebowski-esque show. Um, I wanted show. to watch it. I just never got around to it. Um, so I'm, that might be enough to get me to check it out. Because I, I do love her, man. She's kind of just wholly underrated as an actress. Like, she's... yeah. She's just she's so funny, man. And but she can do like the other shit too. Um like mm-hmm. she was in uh she was in another Netflix show, um the the Drew Barrymore one with Timothy Oliphant. Uh Santa Yeah, uh, Santa Diet. Clarita Yes, which is a great show. Uh yeah. she is great in that show. Um, I really do fucking love that show, Santa Clarita Diet. I'm glad I'm I, I hate the fact that it never got um a second uh, or third season. Um, yes. but I'm, I'm all about Timothy Oliphant. Um, you know, I mean, I think we've talked about the fact that I'm super, like, I don't know about you, but I'm super stoked about, uh, just oh, coming back. I um, can't wait. Yeah. Like so fucking good. Like he's like, he's great. Like, why can't we get a side, uh, um, a Cobb, a Cobb Vandith, uh, like, like sideshow from, uh, oh, from Star yeah. Wars. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Cobb, <laughs> Cobb Vanth, man. Like, yeah, I, he better yeah. not be dead. He just better not be dead. So, you can't, um, I mean, it's a hell of a way to go, but I really hope that he isn't. Like, you know, like you said, like, I really hope that he isn't. Um, but yeah, like, going back to Cocaine Bear, like, it's, it's fun. Um, she, like, it's a, it's a double. It's a double, like if it, like it, it's a, it's a solid double, like it's it's a walk on base double. It's as a walk on, like that's that's definitely what it is. But again, like I'm not expecting a home run or a triple or like a grand slam out of this kind of movie. I just want to make sure that you get the tone right. And like I will say this much: if Elizabeth Banks, like I find her directing career super interesting because as much as people hated on her Charlie's Angels. If it wasn't named Charlie's Angels, I'm fairly certain that it would have been a hit because it's actually it's I, actually uh, a pretty I never got around to watching it. Um, it's like 
I think now would be the perfect time to reassociate yourself with it because, and here's here's the only here's the only thing like because so many people shit on it for like you know the entire time uh, during its like run of like production and release, and it had this kind of taste. But if you watch it, it's like like again, if they just take away the the Charlie's Angel and what your expectation of it is. Um, it's pretty, it, it, it's got a great cast. Um, it's directed, uh, it's like the action is directed fairly well. And I just, I kind of like watch it and I go, so we're like not going to get, like if, if Elizabeth Banks was like, you know, I don't know, Ellis Banks and it was a dude, we would be talking about this as she would probably be getting the next, or like he would probably be getting one of the next Marvel or DC movies or something along those lines. So like, that's, that's like what my take is, is that she is definitely like, I'm glad that she's taking the route that she is with her movies. Like her, her, like, like things like cocaine bear, uh, Charlie's angels, because she's doing it. She's like, they're not bad movies. Um, and, uh, like it's got that tone that's right like i like the tone i like 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 it's comedy and horror but the comedy is never takes away from the drama of the situation um you know and the fi- the finale is kind of uh, it, it's kind of great because it's like this like it's a full on like like all the characters are there and like it's like this whole big thing with um a reveal that doesn't that doesn't feel like a reveal but it ultimately is um and it ends exactly the way that you want it to um so yeah i mean it's not bad movie but like you know people were losing their shit over it because it was just called cocaine bear um yeah uh, i I do want to check it out uh i mean i'm i'm gonna try to watch it at some point this week um uh I don't know what's coming next week. Like, uh, I know Barry's premiering uh, Sunday. Is it this Sunday? Yes. And I'm yes. kind of interested in the Mrs. Davis thing on Peacock. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that. Yeah, the AI. Uh, yeah. Like, especially, like, talk about, like, releasing right at the right time when we're having yeah. this weird-ass conversation about about uh, AI technology. I was like, this is um, prescient. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, in a way that, like, I feel like, um, is super, super prescient, like, and and kind of like has the right tone of like, let's talk about this very troubling thing, um, because I I am definitely an old man when it comes to AI technology. I'm definitely like, fuck the deep fakes, fuck yeah. all this shit. You guys are fucking. It's you're fucking around with stuff. <laughs> it's frightening. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about like like talk about like oh, like bringing it back to Terminator? Did you hear about this whole GPT Chat thing where they asked they they asked GPT Chat um uh, like like would they would would GPT Chat take over the the world and kill all yes. the humans and like basically fucking detailed how it would do it and I'm like and all y'all think this is funny? Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, Why are is. we doing this GPT Chat? frightening man frightening so so yeah it's if if anybody listening hasn't go 
you can go if you have Peacock, go on Peacock, look for uh, Mrs. Yes. Davis. Like they've been they've been showing like the, when you boot it up, they're showing you the trailer. So um, it, it's got me interested just because of that. Um, I'm like, oh, well, yeah. This, yeah, this relates to right now. So kind of interested in it. Um, but like, I, I mean, I want to go see Renfield. I just don't know if I'll like I'm, during the week. I don't have the chance and. Uh, Fridays are usually chaos for me and we record pod lasso. So if I don't get out during the day on Friday, I don't really get a chance to go see a movie. So I might not make it to see Renfield, but I mean, if you do definitely down to talk Nick cage, cause I'm, I'm interested. I just might not be able to see it in theaters. No, absolutely. And, and I, I think we're seeing it tomorrow or tonight. Um, I just, I had family stuff come up and work stuff come up. And like we talk about, it's fucking a pain in the ass sometimes to, to get, to get to things that are lesser on the pop culture spectrum. Like yeah. you don't want like, like we don't want to, like, I know it sounds terrible, but I don't want to miss Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania because I don't want it spoiled for me. Right. Like I right. try to do my best to mute that shit. And like these bigger ones, all of the, all, all people do is just, it's like sport to them. They continue to like, I mean, you know, they put spoil it in the everything. Damn headlines, man, at this point, it's so frustrating. Like if you don't exactly. watch a show the night it airs, like the next, the headlines, the next day on the sites you generally go to are now just like, can you believe that, you know, so-and-so was on this episode of it. It's like, oh God, man, like, you know, I didn't get to watch The Mandalorian at three in the morning. I don't yeah. want to know that Jack Black and Lizzo were on it. Like, could I just watch the episode? Could you save it? Like, uh, yeah, it's uh, I feel you, man. Um, but uh, anyway, I've, I've we've ran on forever. Uh, <laughs> 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 with no agenda, and we still talk for three hours. Um, exactly. So <laughs> go check out everything else uh, we're doing over at xwingfiles.com, including Pod Lasso, which is back. We're about to jump into season two of Ted Lasso. Yes, I know season nice. three is currently airing, but, you know, we're we're deep diving into the show as it barrels towards its finale. So um, and then uh, X-Wing Files, of course, uh, speaking of shows, bearing, barreling towards finales, Mandalorian yes. finale this week. So. Might be some Mando talk next week on the podcast if they stick that landing, which that last episode was bravo, man. Um, so good. Seriously, seriously, like, um, was that moment? Can we just talk one second about the the speech? Like, is that was that Katie Sackoff like getting her 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 Emmy nomination for the I Mandalorian? Mean, I feel like this show's never gonna get that kind of love, but. It's really it. It was it was good. Like and seeing all of those Mandalorians together and fighting and like it's the kind of shit we thought we'd never get to see in live action. Yep. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I'm both terrified and excited for what happens next because we haven't seen what the air battle is. Or we yeah. haven't seen what happens in the air. I'm super terrified. Uh, but at the same time. Like yeah, man, this is this is elite storytelling in a way that I feel like, like in in like Bravo to them. Like the first episodes, I'm like, I don't know about this shit. I really don't. It feels like a 
it feels like video game, like you said, video game side quests, and then wow, did they pull out all the stops for this one? Like they really did. Like, yeah. oh, you want Mandalorian? Oh, like you want Mandalorian? You want Mandalorians? Okay, we're gonna give it to you all, and like give us a show that we didn't even know we needed, but we definitely needed. So, yeah, I'm super stoked. I really do hope they do stick with anything, like you said, um, which it feels like they will. So, but anywho, um, you can check my work, uh, like and Logan's work, like the, the thing that I was talking to you guys about. And I'm gonna say that, like, I'm gonna say this on air because I also said it um, on Twitter. It is like one of the top three things that you've ever written for the site, and I'm very proud to actually have it on the site and let it sit over the weekend so that people can pick it up and read it. And because it's it's like the best of what we do, which is like you know take pop culture and give it an emotional context because you know that's what happens in pop like that's what happens with certain things. And like I said, I've never I've never read anything about the Ninja Turtles and the way that you wrote about it in Brotherhood and regret and just the beauty of it, man. Like I, I wanted to say that on air that it, like, I'm very proud to actually have this post. And it was a, it was a very, it, it hit me right in the right spot. And I think that people, if they give it a chance and read it, um, it'll hit you guys in the right spot too. So thank, oh, I appreciate thank you for that. the right thing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like, you know, like I said, like you, you work hard on this shit and I just want more people to be like, that's all that I care about. And, you know, um, it's really good stuff, guys. So please read that. Like it's on the site right now and it'll be up for all over the weekend and probably up until Monday or Tuesday. Um, I mean, not like it's going away. It's just that. But yeah, it'll fall the off. Top the, page, yeah. <laughs> the top, top page. Um, so, but, and then I have my usual bullshit that's going on <laughs> um, that you can read on there too um but yeah go ahead and go to the site uh movieisle.com aisle with an i um yeah. and then uh reading your stuff it just it fills up my uh every time you post something i'm like fuck all right i'm going to add this to my amazon wish list <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it's I, just it, like yeah. it's all just like kino lorber you know but <laughs> like it's that's all it is at this it used to be criterion stuff and now it's yes. just their stuff <laughs> I mean, well, like, you know, low-key, like, you know, like, brings out some really great stuff, man. Like, I mean, and they also provide it to me. Like, you know, like, that's the thing is, like, they provide me all this stuff. And so it's like, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna review it. And then, like, when I review it, it's kind of great. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, like, like yeah. I don't, like, I don't, I don't want to write a bad review. Like, I hate when I have to write bad reviews. So, like, you know, it's always fun to, like, go back because... You know, you're releasing you're releasing something for a reason, right? And typically, it's because it's it's good. Or I don't see like here's the weird part that I don't get. People either want things to be fucking amazingly fantastic, or shit. That's the way that they look at it. They don't see it. It's like, oh, you know, it's a solid single. Like there's certain things that are really good about it. There's certain things that aren't so good. Or a double or a tri- triple. Everybody wants home runs or grand slams, and it's just yep. not the case. Um, but I mean. That's me. I love cinema. So like I can I can enjoy it. It's your like it's whoever their problem. Like I feel bad for I feel sorry for people that can't enjoy a movie that might be not an A movie, but might be a B or C movie. Not in budget, but just like, you know, the way it's executed. Yep. So uh, I agree. Uh, well, we'll <laughs> be back next week talking about God knows what. Hopefully not Warner Brothers. <laughs> 
Jesus, please, no more Warner Brothers. No more Warner Brothers. No more Rock, either. I'm sorry, but I'm done with The Rock, man. Go back and make something, dude. I know that you've got, like, 38,000 things that you need to make. Go make them. Stop making troubling shit for me. Uh, But, yes, we will be back. We'll see you guys then. Number six, Batman, number seven, Cal-Am. Number eight, the Simpsons, number nine, TV, number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s, but they're all sold out. Get it all together, you with me now. Nerds ruin everything.